0: ...on episode 80 of Pixel Gaiden. Six good chibi games. Controllers versus joysticks. We have a whole lot of San Diego beers. Do video games have a flavor? Desk hogging monitors are back. There's a whole lot of Tempest talk. Do you even ant-stream, bro? Eric updates us on the mister. And Cody and Eric apologize
1: one another visitor
0: stay a while
1: stay forever welcome to pick
0: the guy day featuring cody eric and tim drew now here are your hosts eric nelson and cody
1: hoffman
0: Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 80 of Pixel Guide In. My co-host with me as always,
2: Eric Nelson.
0: That's all we need to say. That's it? Do you need more introduction than that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, I'm doing this show solo this time. <laughs> I'm just gonna, happy. I'm going to beatbox the whole time.
0: Mm, <laughs> mm, <laughs>
2: mm, mm, <laughs> nah, no, no. This, April, this is pretty much our rules. whole show. April is the month of fools, my friend.
0: Uh, that's, you know what? There's two things we need to get rid of in this world. Yeah. Uh, at least in uh, in America. Uh, one, we need to get rid of daylight savings time. Yes, we do. I agree with you on that. W- which is officially happening, by the way. Federally, it's been accepted, I think. Uh, and we need to get rid of April Fool's because no good comes of April Fool's ever, especially when corporations and like companies get involved.
2: I agree 100%. <laughs> and my wife hates it. If I try to pull an April Fool's prank, she will... Uh, not be kind to me.
0: I might just start taking every April Fool's off work from now on, just so I don't have to deal with like going, wait, are you, so is this a real thing or? Exactly. <laughs> um, April th- Fool's making work awkward for generations.
2: Yep. And then the the whole argument on the, the daylight saving time sh- shift was like, well, the kids are going to go to school in the dark. Well, you could start school an hour later. What about that? Like, like people don't think outside of the box. Like, well, it must start <laughs> at seven 30 in the morning. No, it could start at eight 30. just so silly. It, it's, it's a silly
1: hot take.
2: It's Eric a hot take. In. Exactly.
0: On pixel guide. And Eric, what do we have coming up this month on pixel guide? N Oh
2: man, so much, so much. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: so we got, uh, we the, for next month. We have battle of systems. That's going to be fun. That's going to be, uh, RC racing, right?
0: Yeah, we got a RC Grand Prix on the uh, Sega Master System and RC Pro-Am on the good old Nintendo Entertainment System.
2: Yes, so I'm looking forward to that one. And then for six good games, it's all about Chibi Style. We're going Chibi Style.
0: Chibi, six good Chibi Games coming up on this particular episode of six good games. Um, Yeah. uh, There will be an Eric's Take today.
2: There will be an Eric's take about me catching up with the mister. I'm talking about mm-hmm. like what I've been doing with the mister. Uh, some of the cool new features that it ha- has dro- have dropped. Is that the vernacular of the kids these days?
0: I That's what I roll with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and my crew that roll 30 deep. Yeah. dropped.
2: So, yeah. Um, so, I'm, I'm just catching up with that. Spend about 20 minutes just talking about all the fun new stuff that's on there.
0: And uh, unfortunately, we have a completely Timless show today, Eric, because uh, no team time with Tim as of yet, so um, maybe we'll get just an extra dose of Tim next month when we release our episode, or next episode, I should say, at the end of the month on the 30th, because uh, he's going to join us for all the good things he normally joins us for, including catching up and game show, and then I guess we'll get a tea time with Tim then, question mark?
2: Yep, and he's going to do the battle with us, so that should be fun. He, he I know he was lo- very much looking forward to the battle as well. Um, but yeah, when you just announced that, we lost half of our listeners. They're like, no, Tim.
0: No, Tim. That just gets rid of all our uh, all our street cred. <laughs> exactly. Uh, nonetheless, we want to point out that we are part of the Amigos Retro Gaming Network, currently uh, with shows such as Amigos Everything Amiga, which just an episode on Venus The Flytrap. ARG Presents uh, did an Apple II GS games segment, uh, Ancient Glory and Xenocide, and then Sprite Castle covered Space Taxi, which is one of Eric's favorite games and one of mine now. Absolutely. Uh, The show R. Sinclair, they did Jack the Nipper. The Coco Show covered the amazing world of Malcolm Mortar. And the Atari ST Show just did uh, no new episode. (laughs) Yeah. Crystal Castle, still the latest. So I probably shouldn't have mentioned that at all, but... You put it on the cue card, I'm Ron Burgundy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And that's uh, so many shows, it's hard to keep track.
0: That's a lot of shows. But you know what, Eric? Yeah. With all those shows, it makes me just want to jump right into some quick questions.
3: Quick questions.
0: So, our first quick question uh, today, Eric, comes from uh the gen- gentleman who's not joining us today mr tim yeah uh i will read this one you can read the next one sure have you seen or used AntStream arcade i think you guys covered it in the early podcast but and then of course my picture view covers the words <laughs> oh
2: thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is is it something you have used or just missed out on with everything else www.antstream.com. quick plug for for uh for ant i guess yes.
2: Yeah, you, you, why don't you go first on that one?
0: My answer is I have not used it. My I answer, do think there's something cool about it. I just don't do a lot of PC gaming. Yeah. Um, and for those who don't know, InStream—if and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, it's like an online streaming service you pay for monthly. Um, and it's all old retro video games
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that you can play. Basically, it's emu- online emulation that you can pay for monthly. But what's cool about it is it includes, um, you know, You can play online against other people and do high scores, I believe, uh, like high high score contests or play online with people and kind of adds, um, you know, I think chat, things like that. So it kind of adds a uh, a community element to the old games. uh, So you can play kind of couch co-op with people, even though you're sitting at home by yourself.
2: Yep. I think that's exactly what it is. And I have not used it at all. And I think Tim is right in there that we just just been so busy with everything else and I don't play a lot of PC games either. It just hasn't. Plus I really can't just, I can't take any more subscription fees. (laughs) I have too many and I don't want the ones I got. I don't use the ones I got. I, I gotta, I gotta scale that back. So it's honestly, if I'm, you know, if I am being honest here, I probably will never really try it, but I am interested in it. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I just, I don't know, just lack of, uh, lack of time really.
0: Yeah, real life situation. If, if I lived in a world where I would actually have time to play it and everybody, like a bunch of my friends were on it, we could all do it at the same time. I Mm -hmm. probably would. Yeah. But I know that, I know that just doesn't work in my life. So. Right. Yep. Cool service. You should check it out if you think you can make that work for you. Awesome. What's this next one here, Eric? All
2: right. So this is was, this is true. This wasn't a plant by me. OK,
0: <laughs> so
2: this is Mitsuyama on our discord uh, asked a question for Cody. Oh. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm very interested to hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm.
2: Wouldn't it have been more economical just to tell Eric that you didn't want him to come around to your house anymore rather than pack up your whole family and move several miles away? I really want to hear hmm. the answer to this.
0: Well, you know what? The truth is... uh I really don't like awkward situations, so I don't regret my decision. This was still the best way to make this happen for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, obviously, that's funny, but um, it is a bummer. You know, that in all, you know, honesty, it's that is the hardest part. Honestly, it sounds ridiculous, but about the whole move is that we don't get to do this in person and we don't get to spend as much time at each other's houses playing games and stuff. So, yep. So um, and I,
2: I am going to make a concerted effort within the next few months to get out there and we'll, we'll we will record a live show.
0: Um, I did get an opportunity to come over there uh, a few weeks back, which yeah. was nice.
2: Yeah, that was nice. I, I wish it had been longer, Yeah, but it, it was fine. And I, I, I no, I'm going to make that happen. Cause I still haven't even been out to your house. And nope. it's about like, a, what, an hour away from here? About an hour. Yeah. Yeah. About an hour. Yeah. So I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to make that happen. Don't worry.
0: So you can, come, uh, you can help, come help me get rid of some of these coyotes. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> I'll strangle
2: them. But I, I use my bare hands, though. I don't.
0: I'll do it with my bare hands. Yep. Uh, Josh, 48K RAM, wrote us a question. Yeah. Uh, you must choose to use either joysticks or gamepads for the rest of your gaming life. Which Will it be Eric?
2: Yeah, so this question in the beginning of this answer, it's going to sound like I'm wussing out, but I'm going to bring it right back around and answer it directly. Okay, okay? okay. So it, if, it depends on the system. If I'm playing Commodore 64, Atari 2600, um, Vic 20, you know, if I'm playing those, it's joystick. It's almost always joystick. If I'm playing, uh, you know, Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo, it's, it's gamepad. You know, it's, it, it really depends on the system. But kind the of question is authentic. Yeah. But the the question is, if I had to choose either for the rest of my life, I would have to go with ergonomics, because I'm not getting any younger.
1: And uh <laughs>
2: so I think I would I, I'd probably go for the game pads, to be honest. What about so you? So
0: I grew up I grew up with game pads, and to this day, joysticks have never been nearly as accurate. I enjoy the joysticks because they are system accurate and they take me to a place in a time that i didn't actually experience uh during that place in time yep so i loved having them i love using them with the systems but when i'm actually really going to like get into a game i find a way to use a joypad every single time yeah um or a gamepad i shouldn't mix the words together Yep. excluding <laughs> um, arcade
2: we want to do that caveat
0: yeah yeah I, I can't play arcade games well and they're specifically anyways we can get into all the kinds of weeds with that but yep i'm i'm going to be gamepad as well it's
2: got to be sure. gamepad yeah Okay, and so pre- I, and from- I
0: prefer. I'll go a step further. I prefer yeah. a, um, a classic flat gamepad with face buttons and maybe two shoulder buttons. Yeah. To to using any of the new stuff. A lot of people love the new Xbox controller or PlayStation. Like I would prefer to have that flat disc. Yeah. With buttons on the face only. Over even the new stuff. So even like Turbo Graphics
2: I'm, or Nintendo or just just yeah. a square with buttons and a D-pad.
0: Yep. Even though, I mean the Super Nintendo one, but I I do like the kind of flatter ones like NES. But anyways, Yeah. my point being, even if it's a, a new system and it's a 2D game, I'm going to be using my 8-bit dough because it's flat. It's nice and flat.
2: Yeah. Last question here, and this is a good one. So, Amigo Aaron, co-host of Amigo? the amazing Amigos uh, podcast among like 50 other ones. <laughs> he says, here's my quick question, which it won't be quick, I guarantee you. <laughs> Based on a recommendation, I picked up the SD card solution Fenrir for the Saturn. I think that was because of us on the podcast. Yay! I
0: think We're, that was your recommendation, Eric.
2: Yeah, it was. I'm an, I'm an influencer.
0: And if it wasn't Eric, Aaron, just don't uh, don't tell Eric. Just let him have <laughs> exactly. this.
2: Okay. He says I'd like a recommendation each on a hidden gem I can try out, and I have several. But and then he did go on in the Discord to say he is struggling to find good games on the Saturn.
0: What on earth? Yep, and and what what system? What Saturn are you playing? Here? <laughs> Unless you're sticking to like the American releases, then maybe that's the issue. Maybe you're only playing American releases because, and I think he mentioned it's that. all Japanese games. That I mean, that's where the that's where the love is.
2: Yeah, and I think that he, I, I think that might be a very good point. Is he was sticking to the American catalog, and you do have to dip your toe in the Japanese world there.
0: Yeah, you have to keep in mind. So the Saturn in America, specifically, uh, was you know, marketed to a nation that either wanted or thought they wanted or the companies thought they wanted 3D games only. And the Saturn is not a 3D machine. It was kind of forced to do 3D. Yeah. So most of the releases we got over here are awful 3D games. So there are good ones, I'm sure. But for the most part, you're looking for good quality 2D stuff. And most of that didn't make its way over here. It stayed in Japan. So you got to be digging out the Japan stuff.
2: And I've been I've kind of breathed new life into my Saturn with Defenrer. Um and it I am amazed at the quality of the sound and colorful graphics on the the Saturn. It is a beautiful machine if it's programmed right. Yeah. Some of the games we'll are we'll have
0: to do that quick question soon. You're kind of yeah. Five five systems. If you could only have five systems, what would they be? This yeah. should be in it for me. I'll tell yeah. you that right now.
2: So I'll I'll start this out. Let's go back and forth till we run out of stuff here. The first one on my list here is, uh, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to put this one first because it means a lot to you and me. Groove on fight, which is exactly, which is the game responsible for even starting this podcast. Uh, Groove on fight is an excellent fighting game on the Saturn. I know Aaron does love his fighting games, so that's one. So go ahead. You go next.
0: Well how about how about we do because I don't have any fighting games on my list. That's Go okay. ahead and do you have any other fighting games you can mention? We'll just uh, knock them all out at once because Oh my
2: goodness. Vampire Savior, which uses the four meg uh, upgrade on the Saturn, is a beautiful yeah. fighting game. The one I've played the most is Marvel versus Street Fighter, which there is a version of that on PlayStation, but it sucks. It, it's lacking play it's lacking certain characters. And there's disc swapping up the wazoo on that. You don't want to do that. Saturn is the best one. Um, the other one is, uh, this is kind of a fighter. I'll throw this one in there, too. This is an exclusive on the Saturn Dungeons & Dragons collection. It's two discs. It has t- uh, Dungeons & Dragons Tower of Doom, which is kind of like a this action RPG kind of game.
0: Yeah, there, it's an arcade brawler, but with like... Uh, RPG elements. It's yep. really cool.
2: And then there's also Dungeons and Dragons Shadow over Mistara, which was the arcade game as well, uh based on Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and so- I can't remember
0: which one was the second one. I think it might be the Shadow over Mistara, but that one is if you don't like the first one, definitely try the second one because the second one is hands and feet above better the, you know better than the first one, which is already pretty good.
2: Yeah. So I mean that one is 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 awesome. So go ahead, what do you got?
0: so i went shmup heavy. you went fighter heavy i went shmup heavy okay uh so if i can only give you one recommendation my favorite game on the saturn i just hits me in just the perfect way is a shooter uh which actually is an american release although not terribly uh popular over here but galactic attack yes that's a good one. Uh, also known in japan as layer section also known in europe as gun is a gunhead i think um they it changed its name everywhere love 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 this shooter it's super cool it's got lock-on mechanics um so you're shooting stuff and you're locking on to stuff that's down below in the background and when you let go of the, that button it blows all that stuff up at once um really fun really easy to get into a uh, great difficulty curve um really cool effects great music everything about it is great so if i only had to pick one that would be the one i'd be like aaron go try galactic attack yep uh you should love it uh obviously the Saturn is a fighter system and a shmup system first and foremost. So we're kind of covering those now. I would also quickly say you have to try, um, uh, it's a, a, well, there's like three different Parodius games on the Saturn, but the best one I think is called, it's kind of funny, but sexy Parodius, (laughs) (laughs) just really bizarre, weird, uh, game where basically, uh, they kind of lampoon, if you will, Konami lampoons, it's, um, Gradius and life force series by doing all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, but it, all in, it's better than those games, in my opinion. It's better than Gradius and Life Force, and it's bizarre and silly and making fun of them. So if you want to be a pig flying through space, shooting all kinds of bizarre things, um, this is the one for you. You, you fight a, a pirate ship that has a cat head, because why not? <laughs> You're right. I mean, well, how can you go wrong?
2: Yeah. So the, and then I'll, I'll just add KO Flying Squadron 2, Radiant Silver Gun. I mean, those are all on there, and those are both amazing, too.
0: Absolutely. And then, Aaron, you like old school games like Tempest. So Tempest 2000 is on the Saturn. I know it originally came out as, I think, a Jaguar exclusive, but it did come out on the Saturn. So you got to try Tempest 2000. Nice. Um, And last but not least, I'll mention Guardian Legend, which is a super, super gorgeous, cool brawler RPG, but it's not an arcade port like uh, Dungeons & Dragons is. It is actually a you know a brawler RPG where you you save in between and you keep playing and until you beat the game it's you know without talking about it too much, it's cool, and you should play it. Awesome. there we go. quick questions, all done. all done, very quick, such, such quick <laughs> questions.
3: You can get show information on our podcast at. PixelGuiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash amigos podcast. You can reach us on Twitter using at pixel underscore guiden. You can reach Eric at Der Project That's at D U H P R O J E C T and you can reach Cody at oddball, which is at O D D B A 1149. You can also reach me, that's Tim, at Sanxion, and that's at S A N X I O N. Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use. It really helps us out. You can email us on podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we'd love any feedback. And also, please let us know if we've done anything wrong, and we'll mention it on the next show.
0: We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash in. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on pixel guide and using our random adjective generator and this month we're heading to crazy cody's wild game emporium we've got all the hits you're looking for big ones small ones ones as big as your head down at crazy cody's wild game emporium We've got the painstaking Dustin Newell, the panoramic Matthew Ackerman, the spiky Daniel James, blue ones, red ones, purple ones, we got all the ones down at Crazy Cody's Wild Game Emporium. Looking for that hard to find title such as the stupendous Eric Sandgren, the mundane Dave DeVincent, or even the jazzy 10-minute Amiga Retrocast? We've got it, you want it, Crazy Cody's Wild Game Emporium. Perhaps you're looking for something a little different like the cooperative Roy Fielding, the hallowed Mr. Toast, or even the square Maché Subsnowski. Well, if you ask for it, we're bringing it to you at Crazy Cody's Wild Game Emporia you want the Body Paradroid? We got it! The well-to-do Ramo K? That's right, we've got that too! The tranquil Ant Stiller? The Precious Mitsuyama? Bing! Bang! Boom! We've got it! Some say we shouldn't even be carrying things such as the Abandoned Brian Arsenal or the Colossal Paul Jacobson, but you know what? We, we don't care. care! Crazy Cody's Wild Game Emporium, we got your back! Perhaps you want some imports, the Wicked Jason Holland, the Ethereal Mark Scott, or the Endurable Retro Gamer Nation. Well, guess what? The supply shortages aren't stopping us. We got them right here at Crazy Cody's Wild Game Emporium. And this week, this week only, we're having a super sale of epic proportions. That's right, the courageous Amy West, half off. The delinquent John Boat of Karshaller, we're slashing the prices, forty-five percent off at Crazy Cody's Wild Game Emporium. Be there. Man, that place sounds exciting. I want to go to there. Yes,
2: I hope they open one in my town. <laughs>
0: Uh, but seriously, as always, thank you very much, patrons. Uh, we would not be able to drink all this beer without you. Thank you. Speaking of uh, drinking too much beer, Eric, we should start drinking some beer while we go over some errata and feedback. In fact, we got so much positive feedback, area, Eric, I mean, just tons yep. of it, to the point where I'm not going to read any of it, because I don't want to just feel like we're gloating about ourselves. Um, right. <laughs> so only only one piece of errata, you know, so let's just cover that.
2: Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Um, so, you're going to start the beer?
0: Yeah. The first piece of errata is going to be the fact that, um, again, pulling back the curtain a bit, uh, Cody lost track of time and his vacation coming up, and Eric and I had to record this kind of last minute way early this month to the point where we have no idea what we're drinking. and right. um, And uh, we had to kind of hurry up and, and do a little, uh, some last minute research to get this episode, episode done. So, I... I'm drinking some more mead, Eric. I'm drinking some more mead More mead from Grass Valley Mead Company.
2: And the big mead growler.
0: Yep. And unfortunately, this is actually the mead from last time, so it's going to be very flat. Oh, boy. And we've already rated it, so I will enjoy it now. But what do you have in there, Eric? So I
2: I got a new beer. And this one is from Stone Brewing Company, which is out of San Diego.
0: Mm, But you're going. That's where you're going, right? I am going.
2: So this is, uh, no, my Spanish. I haven't taken Spanish since high mm. school, so I'm going to blow this. Make sure to roll your R's. Buena Veza, Buena, Buena, wait, Buena Vezza. Buena Veza. Um, that's what I'm Sounds good to my. me, yeah. Got this cool little skeleton on the bottle there. Um, lager. This is a salt and lime lager. Salt and lime.
0: That sounds like a Mexican lager to me. That's
2: right. So I'm going to pour this... And it's appropriate for today, because it was pretty warm here today.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well then, Eric, I think all we can do at this point is say cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: that
0: is sweet and flat.
2: Sweet and flat.
0: <laughs> you going to be good with that? Yeah. I love this mead, even if it is flat. But All right. What, what's your beer? Out of... Uh, it's a San San Diego, so out of yep. four million two hundred and sixty five thousand grains of sand. Yeah. So
2: so this one is is great in its subtlety. So you know how like a, like the eight oh five surveys and some of those other ones, it's very like the lime is right in your face. Yep. This one you barely taste the lime at all. So it's very, very subtle. The salt actually comes through. So, um, I'm sure this is raising my blood pressure quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I, I, am how many grains of sand there? Uh, basically four,
0: 4.25 million, roughly it. 4.25 range.
2: million. I'm going to give this a good, I'm going to give it 3.5, 3.5, 3.50 million. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 3.5 so million. That's high. That's high praise. Nice. That's high praise. It's good. It's refreshing.
0: Love it. Uh, So our piece of errata is the fact, and Tim called us out on this. Yeah. Um, Apparently, Eric and I both said words that when Tim said, I can't believe you guys just said that on the show, because it's a family show, Eric and I are like, oh, is that like a bad word in England? (laughs) Yeah. So I I said a word that starts with the letter P that um, to me just means you're angry about something. Uh, Apparently, that is not a family-friendly word, so I want to apologize to all of the... um, young uk listeners out there that we were such awful people we meant nothing by yeah. it eric what did you say
2: <laughs> uh, I, I i'm i'm gonna be completely honest i don't remember saying this so did you go back, back and, and heard it though right I went
0: back, yeah we were talking what, what, what was the context <laughs> i was talking about the game it takes two and okay. in that game the the wife who one of the character one of the characters uh you know you play because a two-player game so okay. one of you is playing the wife and she's British and the other guy is just kind of this kind of dumb American guy and you said, Oh, he's a Wow. <laughs> and
2: okay, said, well, and you said it super I even-
0: nonchalantly like I would, because I had no idea yeah. it was a it was a naughty word. I had um, no
2: idea either. So for for listeners at home it rhymes with banker.
0: <laughs> yes. uh which which americans probably still don't know what you said but uh i bet and uk apparently does so anyways we're sorry yeah trombone sound
2: we 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 lost our g rating in in the uk
0: (laughs) hopefully we're still number like seven in denmark or whatever
2: that's right actually (laughs) they don't use that scale they they do peggy 13 oh the peggy's yep peggy 13 i don't even know what that means but you know I know.
0: what it means it's the uh, the bad cultists in the far cry 5 <laughs> <laughs> the exactly Peggys, right <laughs> yep um eric i think uh well let's go ahead and start the news because we we have something to talk about that is news but it also has to do with our show sponsor so real quick it's time for the news <laughs> So our first news item today will show up in just about 30 seconds after we discuss our amazing show sponsor, RetroRewind.ca, where you can go to buy everything you need for your Commodore computer, your Cocoa computer, and you can use the code PG10 to save 10%. So go to RetroRewind.ca forward slash PixelGuideIn, use code PG10 to save 10% on your order. And Eric... Yeah. What is the news about retrorewind.ca? This is like this is like breaking news. I don't even know what it is yet, but <laughs> yep.
2: breaking so I news. Have, I have exciting news on two new things coming out that I'm I one of them I'm very interested in. the the other one I I want as well. But the first one is soon coming out soon will be the A630 accelerator for the Amiga 600. Really? Which which is an 030, 50 megahertz accelerator with 64 megs of of RAM on board. And Frank told me this today. He says it will hit the store sometime late next week. You heard it so here right first, about,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. So right actually, about
2: when our show actually comes out, this will pop out.
0: So I guess you didn't hear it here first, potentially. But we heard it. <laughs> we said it to you first. You just didn't hear it in time.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome because I have the Furia accelerator in my A600. It's finicky. It is not... It, it works pretty well, but it, if you breathe on that computer wrong, it, it will pop off of the chip because you have yeah. to use an over-the-chip.
0: I have the same one in my 600, yep.
2: Okay, so this one, if I know Frank, this one's going to be better engineered, less expensive... So I'm, I'm actually, this might be one of those times when I buy f- the one from Frank and then sell it, which I never sell anything, but I might sell the Furia because you can okay. still get a lot of money for them online. So got it. Um, so th- I'm excited about that coming out. And then but the wait, secret, there's more? Yep. There's one more secret item coming out. And then I'm going to cover something that is real that you can get today. Okay. But this one, he sent a copy. He sent one of these to Tim.
0: Really? Yeah. I don't even know what it is, but I'm excited for it. Nobody him. even
2: told us. Tim didn't even tell us. Um, A fully buffered
0: that banker.
2: I am so hissed. Uh. (laughs) Um, But a fully buffered IDE to SD card solution that will be available. I'm assuming that's going to be for the Amiga. Any Amiga that has IDE. Oh wow! uh, The CF card. Now those are available. You can get those everywhere. You can you can oh, go to Seven Eleven. I didn't
0: even I didn't know that, but
2: yeah, well, my Seven Eleven's like been
0: out for months. <laughs>
2: um, but this one is a buffered one, which is supposed to increase the performance and reliability of it. So this is going to be kind of the premium CF card solution. Um, when I say CF card, of course, I'm being a nimcompoop because it is actually an SD card solution. So SD I got that you're wrong. Still,
0: you're still saying Compact Flash, but it is. Yep fully buffered
2: ID to SD card solution that will be available soon. He sent copies of them to Tenmark, Ooh, Doug, Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Josh
2: Malone Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. and Tim,
2: Tim drew who kept this so secret from even his co-hosts that we didn't even know he had it. So there you go. Um, and then uh, the one more, one more thing I want to cover, which you can buy today on his website, which I thought was amazing. And I think you noticed this at my house. Do you remember that? Um, video connector that connected to my Commodore 64 that is, it plugs into the DIN, the, cir- the, the, the circular DIN plug on the back of my C64, okay. but then it breaks it out to yeah. composite, audio, S-video. Yep. That connector is now available on Frank's site, and it is almost half the price i paid for mine like five years ago
0: well now it's less than half because it's 10 percent off with code correct pg10 at retro rewind.ca forward slash pixel item tell him that tim sent you because apparently he's a bigger <laughs> deal than we are <laughs> <laughs> exactly awesome.
2: but no i'm excited i mean frank's really cranking the gears on this thing and then i also saw a poll from frank at retro rewind where he is asking the public if they think he should do console recapping as well as computer, no one's going to
0: say yes. No one's going to be like, "I don't want you to get into that market."
2: That's right. And so, um, the the poll when I voted was eighty. I think eighty over eighty percent. Yes, Ooh. you should do it. That and means there are people that
0: said you should not get into that there market. Were. Almost 20%. Yeah, oh, oh. Naysayers. So anyway,
2: Retro Rewind PG10 is your code to use 10% off. Uh, and uh, I love having Retro Rewind as a sponsor because of this kind of stuff. I'm genuinely excited oh, yeah. every month to see the new stuff
0: that's coming out. And they got a cool logo on a cool shirt. Exactly. News item number two, Eric. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are very excited about this and... I have a few questions about it, but the big thing is the long-awaited follow-up, and I'm reading this straight from Indie Retro News, so I want to give credit where credit is due. The long-awaited follow-up to The Legendary Secret of Monkey Island and Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge, has been announced. It's called Return to Monkey Island. Now, here's where I have to ask. I'm guessing that's because the first two games were by Ron Gilbert. Yes. This is the third one by him. And also includes other creators such as Tim Schaefer and Dave Grossman, who are involved, I think, with both the first two.
2: That's right. I
0: But think this that's is right. like the seventh Monkey Island game, right?
2: Yeah, I think it, when, when all those licenses kind of changed hands and people went to different places, I think that other teams took over the making of those things. So you're right. This is going to be, I guess, back to the original people who, from what I gather, um, I, and I'm going to be totally honest, I've never played Monkey Island oh really okay I enjoy listening to podcasts I've listened to many podcasts on Monkey Island and, and Monkey Island 2 and I love listening to them and it, I think it's a game I would like but I've never played them
0: so I can tell by looking at what little they show so far Yeah. Uh, what I like about it I, I loved the first Monkey Island, uh, Island and the second one as well I never completed the second one but I played probably a, eh, maybe two thirds of the way through it loved them um after that just kind of the the newness of the art style or kind of where they went after that one i never got drawn in to even try them um so if you i don't know if that's justified or not but if anybody out there is looking at this game hoping for the magic of the first two what i can tell you is although the graphics are obviously much more high resolution um the animations are you know very smooth they're not you know made out of seven frames to have you know guy (laughs) brush would walk um and it has the like, the same feel and the same visual impact and everything as the original games just higher res and you know more colors and everything like that but the the feel is still there so uh it does look like it's going to be another you know just it, i can see how it could be the third game in the the original series if that's what you want to call it so yeah a lot of people are stoked about this
2: i and and deservedly so and and it might make me want to go back and try uh Try it. I mean, I, I've never tried it and I don't have anything against these games. I think it would be fun to go give it a roll. So
0: awesome. Awesome. Number two is you air. I'm sorry. Number three. I keep forgetting. Hmm.
2: Number three. Oh yeah. Here we go. For, and this is from Pajaco 6502 on discord. Ah, this one was, I hope directed straight for me because when Tim graciously was able to get a, uh, BBC, um, uh, microcomputer for me. Um, This, I I played a ton of games just trying, just kind of exploring the library and my, the favorite game, which I've said a couple of times on this show, the favorite game I found was starship command. I love that game. I think it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Somebody went back and kind of gave it the remaster treatment and they, they basically decompiled the original game and made a new game called the starship command 2022 edition. Uh, is an update to the original 1983 Acorn Soft game. Um, this is a kind of game where you are f- flying, flying a starship and you have a kind of a radar that shows other enemies that are off the screen. And you yeah, can I remember you talking in, about it now. Yeah, You can go in any direction and you have shields and these things attack you. And it, when you take too much damage, you have to eject out of the ship before your ship explodes. Um it it is a blast. It's black and white. So it's just like almost like a, it's almost like a game that would be at home, like on the Vectrex. Um, okay. But now somebody's made it better. They've added more enemy types. They've basically just added a bunch of like, um, they've, they've made the game smoother and faster. Um, I haven't played it yet, but I'm going to download it probably within the next couple of weeks and give it a shot on my BBC. Nice. So that's awesome. And it's we have the link in the show notes if you want to download it and give it a shot.
0: This came out a while back. Again, I'm a referencing, in, referencing indie retro news. Um, yeah. But I've loved all the games that, uh, I don't know how to pronounce, Zossia Entertainment has released yeah. for the ZX Spectrum. Um, and Rubino Cucaracha is the name of this game. <laughs> Another fabulous release for the ZX Spectrum. And it, it is an into the screen uh, you know, games similar to um, Outrun or Lotus, something like that. Yeah. And you're in these old cars and like this this you know European countryside. Uh, maybe it's Italian. It looks maybe Italian. Um, you guy's got a big mustache, so you know, that's definitely Italian. Um,
2: <laughs> you can't beat that.
0: But no, it looks like a, a really cool, solid ZX Spectrum game. That would uh, just looking at it, I think it runs on a say that it runs on a standard one. Yeah, I think it's a standard forty-eight K spectrum, and it looks amazing.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, if we're I'm looking at it, it's like almost like a cart racer or kind of a little racer, like yeah, like an outrun kind of game. And uh, I mean, it looks like it's moving very smoothly, very fast.
0: And I think these are the same the same ones that um, they made a game. I can't think of it right now. I ended up playing a ton of it. Another game that was very similar to this. Uh, they also came out with Drift yeah, yeah, Valley yeah, yeah. of it Rains. Yeah.
2: Oh man, what what was that? Because remember it had like a...
0: I played a ton of it. I had a great time with it.
2: Yeah. Oh man. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. It's the same perspective. Yep. Like you're exactly. driving down the road, you're it's almost like an outrun pers- the outrun perspective.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so check, check that out. Like, uh yeah. Rubino Cucaracha. Yeah. <laughs> uh Eric, it is time for Cody's news, news, news of the weird, 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 weird. I did, right. this, I did this a, a few uh, months ago and found a bunch of cool old news. Um, I hear my door opening, so I think my someone from my family is bringing me dinner, which is very oh, exciting. Wh- wow. Delivery. Oh, my dog is bringing me dinner. How, how wow. is that going to work out? Oh, there's, <laughs> there's no video in here. You can come around the corner. <laughs> it's my beautiful wife. If you wow. Can, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Food eric says hi and so do the thousands of listeners (laughs) she says yo awesome um again i told you last minute listeners last minute we threw this together didn't have time to eat so um news of the weird 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 so first item from RetroDodo.com. uh coca-cola launches its new pixel flavored soft drink eric (laughs) <laughs> this this is just announced uh on the 6th which as of the time of recording is yesterday uh you can go buy yourself a coca-cola bite limited edition zero sugar zero calorie pixel flavored soda hmm. i don't know what else to say about that
2: i wonder what a pixel tastes like i guess i'd have to buy it to find <laughs> out
0: like a little eric and a little cody i think <laughs> oh ooh. pixel guide in um a lot of the, the, this is like a new trend and I don't understand it. I'll be honest. I feel like, um, I feel like if I were to purchase anything that was catered, they're trying to basically, uh, suck money out of me because I'm a quote unquote gamer. I just feel like yeah. it's kind of, um, I, I can't get myself to do it even if I was curious what a pixel flavored soda tasted like. But I know there's all kinds of like monster drinks, like gamer edition or gamer drinks or right. like, like, we i hope we're self-aware enough to realize that when we're playing video games we're sitting there motionless doing nothing so really we should only be drinking water honestly
2: (laughs) (laughs) or beer or beer and listen beer has water
0: there you go Uh, yeah yeah so does pixel flavor uh item number two of news news of the weird uh there was a player apparently that decided to recreate the beatles that's right the beatles eric (laughs) in the game zelda breath of the wild so how is he going to do that do you ask eric well let me tell you okay this is the most bizarre thing i don't know people have so much time on their hands so if you've played breath of the wild which i've played enough yeah i know eric you've played uh, a good amount too a lot yeah there's these little traveling like salesmen and they have a big old, you know, they're, they're, they're probably 150 pound people in the game, yeah. but they have a bag on their back that's probably 800 pounds somehow. And they're walking around with a big flag with a picture right. of their face with the, you know, it's got like a bowl cut. It looks like a, like one of the Beatles, <laughs> like the band, right? Right. And his name is actually Beetle B-E-E-D-L-E-S. Well, apparently this guy, even though I always thought it was supposed to be the same guy no matter where you went, the game actually has four instances of this guy running around. So, if you take 10 hours, Eric, yes, 10 hours to go to each one of these beetles and punch and kick them about six inches at a time in the game, <laughs> right? you can eventually, after about 10 hours, get all four of them to be in the same place at once, and then you've got all four beetles. And that's that what sounds this person did. Like a lot did. of work. There's actually a video of him, like, um, is this the picture? Yeah, here we go. You can watch here. There he is. He's just gonna, yep. Knocked him over. The guy stands back up. Knock him over again. He's moving like a foot at a time. And you know how big that game is. Yeah. Somebody took the time. Ten hours. There you go. Now he's got two of them together. I fast-forwarded a lot of time. And I'm sure at some point, you know, you're trying to get all four of them to move. So now, Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> why, this is why. This is why I'm not worried that AI is ever going to take over the world. Because... <laughs> Like, like you sit here kicking a character over and over again, and he doesn't kick you back, and he just sits there and takes it. I'm not worried about AI. They're gonna, they're gonna be just fine. There's I'm gonna worried. be no
0: terminators. I'm more worried about Will Smith. Oh, we went there. Oh. Oh. oh, that's not a news topic. But you know, any good show that wants listeners has to bring up the Will Smith incident, right? <laughs> I guess. Um, item number three on news of the weird, weird, weird uh destructoid this actually is not news this is six month old at this point but uh to me it's news eric and that is that car thieves convicted of stealing one hundred eighty thousand dollars worth of vehicles with a game boy um yeah so what it is is one of these fake game boy knockoffs that's uh got the supreme logo on it you know supreme yeah. You're familiar with that? The, the brand that puts their name on things and all of a sudden they're worth $10,000 for I don't know why. So anyways, this looks like something someone bought off of um, Alibaba or something, AliExpress, <laughs> right. for yeah. five, 15 bucks. Apparently yeah. they had a device in there which um, mirrors shortwave frequencies, allowing uh, them to reflect an identical pattern used by a digital key fob. So basically they turned that into a... A, a copier and then turned it into a uh a, a key remote yeah. a wireless key remote this is the best part what do they choose to steal with their fabulous new uh nintendo game boy looking device they sold one hundred and eighty thousand dollars worth of where's the car where's the car oh man shoot where is it <laughs> i'm trying to look for the car i don't want to get the wrong one because you know yeah,
2: I, I i didn't see the uh, is there a picture of one or
0: no, no, no! It's the um, Mitsubishi Outlander. Oh, they sold they stole five Mitsubishi Outlanders. That's what they chose to steal with their with their device. Now I'm sure it they copied like one signal and it happened to work on that car or something. But yeah. if I was gonna go steal a bunch of cars, I don't know if I'd pick five Mitsubishi Outlanders. Right, I would go for five Subaru Foresters. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> I would, Eric. Come on, what are you getting this out about? <laughs> Cool. Yeah,
2: well, I mean it's it's uh, people are using Game Boys to to clone those radio frequencies. That's pretty interesting.
0: And that was news of the weird, weird, weird. Nice. Slipstream, right. huh?
2: You ready for this one? I, so I, I, bet I, those,
0: I, I bet those Mitsubishi Outlanders provide a, quite a good slipstream if you're racing.
2: <laughs> oh, nice transition.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Um. So. This it was a game I saw maybe, I don't know, about two or three weeks ago. I saw the um, trailer for this. Like, hey, this is coming to a bunch of different systems. Switch, I think, PS4, Xbox One or whatever. And it looked really cool. And today it came out, Cody, today, which, you know, for yeah. us to peel back the curtain here, it's April 7th today. Um, So... Uh, this came out today. I downloaded it and I played it for about a half an hour on my lunch break. Um, it is, it's so far I'm loving it. It's a, it's a blast. It has a very nineties feel to it. Um, but it is a racer. It is a racing, uh, game where you pick from certain cars. There's a bunch of different types of racing formats like grand prix and single race. And there's a battle Royale where every, when you reach these checkpoints, whoever's in the last place has to leave, um and it the game has drifting and slipstreaming, which pretty popular in a lot of the racing games. Uh drifting, obviously you drift around corners and try not to lose too much uh, you know, traction so that or you're trying to lose traction so you don't slow down around the corners. Uh slipstream, you get behind somebody and it, you can it if you do it for so long, you get this boost of speed um it is a blast it's about it's 10 bucks released today so uh go out and grab it if you're a big fan of 90s racing games called slipstream
0: that came out on the switch was that i'm guessing other consoles as well or other correct it came out
2: ps4 xbox one pc i think they came out all i think they came out all at once
0: i keep forgetting the name of the, the couple of games that were similar to this we we purchased in the last few years and loved but
2: yeah when was the hot what was it hot yeah i can't remember I, can't, oh, I always man. forget the name, but Hot Shot Racing. Hot Shot
0: Racing, Hot Shot Racing was one of um, them, which I Horizon loved. Chase, Chase. Awesome. Horizon Chase, and
2: Horizon Chase. Yep. So
0: oh, I really like Horizon Chase, but yeah,
2: yeah, those are both awesome. So this is kind of like that, but much more '90s style.
0: Eric, Tim's here, hot off the presses, hot off the presses. In the yes. last day or so, Stephen Jones, I'm doing my accent. I'm trying it. A me Amiga case fame has shown prototypes of the two. New IPS displays that look like the 1084 monitor. Ooh, How about that? Cheerio. There is a 19 and 17 inch <laughs> nice. version. I got a little um, I got a little Australian. And it also has a unique pulled system at the rear of the monitors so that you can plug in different video port options, including SCART. Cody. Yes, SCART, <laughs> which I still don't know how to utilize over here. Yeah. And integrate the D10 Nano Mister or Raspberry Pi raspberry pi directly into the monitor for an all-in-one kickstarter coming soon so i did see this yeah and i'm intrigued i am very intrigued
2: so yeah so this is a 3d printed case that has an ips monitor in it so it's a flat screen but it looks like kind of like a little slim crt it has these speakers on the sides buttons on the front made to look kind of like a 1084 monitor But the most interesting thing about this is that when you flip it around to the back, there are three individual um, almost like slide out inserts. One of them is the one that comes with it, and it has all the ports, composite, HDMI, uh, BNC, all that kind of stuff, all the kind of goodies you get on like a PVM. But the interesting thing about this is there's two slots available for whatever you want. So you might be able to put a scart one in there. There's a one for the GBS. What is it, Cody? The GBS two thousand, the one that converts like to arcade signals, um, like a fifteen Actually, kilohertz. I don't know.
0: I don't know that. It's something like
2: that. I have a GBS uh, in my garage, but basically you'll be able to slide that into like the uh, a module in there and. You can install a Mr. or Raspberry Pi in another slot so that you have it internally in the monitor so that all you would have then conceivably is just a keyboard in the front. So there'll be all these supposedly all these modules that you can plug and play into this thing and have just this basically is just going to be like the nerds just (laughs) monitor like you'll be able to plug. Yeah, you have to, anything in this thing.
0: And you have to to imagine anybody else in this world is going to look, would look at something like this and be like, wait a minute. You're taking a flat screen, paying a whole bunch of money to make it look like an old fat desk hogging CRT for what reason?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I agree with you. I would never do it just to have some faux CRT. Right. But the functionality of this like the options the things you can plug into the back of this thing that literally sit inside of it uh i think is really neat and and wouldn't you like to have one that has just all these video options anyway you can't buy tvs like that anymore
0: i for me i just love to have it for even if i could only plug in a couple things and just have that big screen just like other other people would be like why I think it's cool.
2: <laughs> same here. And, same here. and, and honestly, I, I wouldn't plug my mister into it, but I could, I could plug it right into the back. Um, but I mean, I, I can just plug it into the HDMI port on the back and use CRT scaling and it would kind of look really neat. But you could also then just, you could plug everything you have into different slots on this thing and just use the, the, the input switch. Cause there's a remote that comes with this and you can do an input switch and just switch to the different inputs. Oh, there you go. I think it's pretty neat. Um, another thing he mentioned, because I saw it on the uh, questions on the website, somebody asked, because it's very hard to get Apple, like the old Apple computers, because like, they use the f- special 15 kilohertz monitor. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, he said that he, he believes that, that he'll be able to solve that with a module you'll be able to plug into this thing.
0: That's cool. I think yeah. there's a number of devices, actually, that use that 15 kilohertz that are hard to reproduce, not just the yeah. Mac.
2: Yep, I think if this thing could support like all the things I have, like the 1084 that I really do use, and the Mister, and a lot of the stuff I plug in, because I use my PVM mainly for SCART devices. If this could do all that, oh, that would be amazing. I could consolidate a lot of different big CRTs yeah. into something like that. I think
0: the Atari ST was has that issue too. That 15 yep, eight, it, kilohertz exactly. and then the Apple, uh, what's that cool little Apple you have? The Apple GS. Um, yeah. See, the,
2: the Apple 2 GS is the one for me that has the weird video. Yep. Um yeah. so, you know, I'd be able to take care of that, no problem.
0: Very cool. And they're calling that the uh check plate, checkmate display uh 1089 and 1087, I guess for two different sizes there. But
2: correct, yeah.
0: And and really uh, they look like they're the same size, just the monitor has a bigger bezel for the smaller screen and smaller bezel for the bigger screen. Right. But yeah, I love it. Um I wanted to talk about a company called City Connection who had just announced multiple Saturn Tribute cross-Taito releases for the Nintendo Switch eShop, including a game I just talked about, Eric. Mm-hmm. Layer Section and Galactic Attack Tribute, which is... Oh, and that's coming for the Switch. It's coming out for the, the Switch, and I'm sure, again, uh, this is on Nintendo Life, so they only talk about the Switch, but I think other ones as well. But there's okay. going to be some other... Tribute games released, including Puzzle Bobble Two X and Puzzle Bobble Three. That would be one release. Elevator, Elevator Action returns. Metal Black and Cleopatra Fortune. So they are revamping these awesome old games. That um, I think almost all of those are kind of system specific to. Um, well, I think arcades and Saturn. So. Right. So there we go.
2: And I didn't mention this because we were trying to hurry through quick questions, but I played Layer Section last night. I love that game. That's awesome. Yeah, it's Like, great. the lock-on mechanic is brilliant in that game. Love it. I lo- I'm a sucker for the lock-on mechanics. I think that's one of the coolest features in, uh, in in arcade games and video games out there, so I love it. It is fun. So this, I think we may have even mentioned this in a previous show.
0: I don't but- recall this, but...
2: I'm going to bring it up again because I got to tell you, I'm actually really, really looking forward to this. Imagine. That surprises um, and, me. I'm
0: not going to lie. It surprises me.
2: Yeah, because I'm not the biggest wrestling fan. I was when I was a kid. I loved watching like, like uh, they back when I was a kid, it was WWF. And I think they had to change their name. Yeah. Um, But I haven't watched wrestling in years. I think it's kind of cheesy, but. This is an RPG. Amira,
0: you, you, uh, I can't say his name now. Amigo Aaron, here you say that,
2: right? right. Which, by I the don't. way, I'm
0: sorry. I'm going to cut the news. Another news item is I just watched a video of Amigo Aaron and Boat calling a local wrestling match in Virginia. It was pretty cool. <laughs> 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 you got to go search that that video up.
2: Yeah. Um, so this is called WrestleQuest, and it is an going to be a kind of 16-bit style JRPG. That follows the life of a wrestler that you control, so you um, you basically start out and there's an announcer like within the game, and you you go and you do your little things and like uh, I I really don't know much about the game, but I'm excited because some of they use some real life wrestlers like like Randy Savage and um, who's the big guy? Um, Remember the Andre the Giant. Yeah, Andre the Giant is in here. Um, but you basically kind of work your way up in your career to try to become like the legendary, a legendary wrestler. And I just think, th- I think that is such a neat concept. And I saw some of the combat um, uh, screens on here. Like, this is it right there. Like, it, it's it's kind of oh, like a JPRG. Turn-based. What'd you say?
0: Yeah, it's turn-based, like JRPG style
2: it's jrpg turn-based kind of combat uh but can you imagine like leveling up your wrestling moves and Uh, stuff like that i can only imagine that this is it just it looks like so much fun
0: i have i'm like you i think eric i liked wrestling when i was like eight and i have no interest after that same here i had no interest in you talking about this until i started watching the video and i realized this looks like so much fun kind of like Even though I do love golf video games, but how golf story was not really about the golf as much as it was about everything else around the golf, like the RPG elements and going to different lands and doing different things. This looks legitimately fun, and the fact that they turned a wrestling game into a a, uh, turn-based RPG with um, with some skill because I was noticing you still have to kind of like hit that arrow as it moves into the green box there to make the move pull the move off correctly and stuff. Yeah. Man, this actually looks really, really good. No, you're not kidding.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, I'm glad you said that because I, I mean, I uh, like I said, not, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but this looks amazing. And I am really, really looking forward to it. And so the, the times have changed on this when it's going to release, but right now it's looking like this summer. Oh, by the way, made by Mega Cat Studios.
0: I saw that. By the way, I don't know if we mentioned that the game is, has a name WrestleQuest WrestleQuest, yeah, yeah, WrestleQuest. Wrestlequest. I, I
2: mentioned that in the beginning, I think. Maybe I didn't. I, I think we missed
0: it, <laughs> so I want to make sure we get that out there. Yeah, um, that looks good. I will be partaking in that. Awesome.
2: Maybe we can share <laughs> notes as we as we play through it. There we go. Uh,
0: another new game, which actually it's funny because it's kind of similar to that in that you wouldn't wouldn't think it, it sounds terribly exciting, but it is. It's a game that I just heard of called "Defend the Rook," coming out. Um, And it is being described as a roguelike tower defense that takes its moves from chess. Um, It's coming out, of course, on the Switch and I'm sure other things. But if you watch this video here, I love tower defense games. I love tactical strategy games. And I enjoy, I don't like really heady chess. Like I can't get really, really into chess, but I love the concept of chess and and things like that. Yeah. But it's got like RPG elements and tower defense and moving characters and leveling things up and and skill trees and abilities and magic and lots of ands. and it looks really oh, fun.
2: This does look really cool. And I, I man, you had a tower defense game like in our last like last month, right? For six good games?
0: Yeah, that was actually a Atari uh, Excel game. That's yeah. right.
2: And I was like I I haven't played a tower good tower defense game for probably over 10 years maybe 15 years i love tower defense games
0: they just kind of fell off the map but they're really they fun. did
2: they are fun and this one looks really really cool so is this out or is this coming
0: uh it is coming it is not out yet
2: ah uh, man we keep covering these coming soon <laughs> games and i want them now
0: <laughs> yeah you know all right uh, so
2: here's one for tim so i can read this if you want to yeah. eat a little more of your dinner there
0: <laughs> no, don't tell don't let anyone know i'm eating behind the microphone <laughs> It's your dedication, Hold on, man. hold
2: on. Yeah, there we go. Does it sound After like every, every family dinner ever? <laughs> We're professional podcasters. <laughs> I drive a
0: Dodge Stratus.
2: <laughs> oh, <No>, man. I, <laughs> I like that. That's an old SNL one from... Uh, yep. <laughs> loves his name. Will... Uh,
0: Will Ferrell.
2: Will Ferrell. That's right. <sighs> All right. From Tim. Announced in mid-March by Atari... And out now, Tempest 4000, created by Jeff Minter and Giles for the Nintendo Switch. This is very much the child of TXK on the PS Vita. Updated visuals and soundtrack along with 100 levels and 3 modes of play. So I saw that this was available and I meant to grab it and completely... I just got busy at work and have not downloaded this yet. And mainly because... I know I'm going to get you know killed here. I was never a huge fan of Tempest. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I ooh, liked it. I played it in arcade. Um, I'm a big fan of Llamasoft and all their stuff. I, I I dig all their games. But I just never got into Tempest, mainly because when I played it in the arcade using the dial, the rotary dial, Yeah. I find it hard to play with a joystick. So yeah. I tend not yeah. to play these on modern consoles.
0: I can see that, yeah.
2: So... If I think if I could get a, a a rotary dial on something like this, I would love it, but I haven't snapped it up yet. But I will say this looks amazing and I think the price is right. It's nineteen ninety nine on the Play Store, uh American US dollars.
0: That's right. None of these uh Canadian loonies.
2: No. This would be ten thousand Canadian loonies.
0: Roughly. <laughs>
2: um so uh, we'll have to get Frank in uh, to do the conversion for us here. Yeah, we go. Um, so anyway, I, I think that, I think it looks cool. It's Tempest Four Thousand available, and it, that is available now on the Switch. Nice. Oh, I'm the next other, too. That's another.
0: Right? That's another game that we just uh, referenced earlier in the episode. Another Saturn game that's been. It was Tempest uh, Two Thousand, but
2: I, you know, and I'm glad you told me that that of that list you gave, and and of course the one I did. The only one I haven't played is I, I didn't know Tempest Two Thousand was on the Saturn, so yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look that up. Um, so this is gonna be a quick one because I know we cover the Mister and FPGX. I am a huge fan. Uh, I think over you and Tim, I love the Mister. I love the versatility and the the excitement behind the community and everything. But this is gonna be quick. There's a link, and there'll be a link in the show notes for this. There is a um, a solid article explaining why FPGA is a great choice for vintage consoles and computers over software emulation. It makes the argument for that because people, I don't care. I don't care if you emulate on a PC or you do it on a mister. I really don't. I really don't care. But this was a very good article explaining the differences between software emulators and hardware simulation based on FPGA hardware It explains it very well. It covers all sorts of devices, not just the DE10 nano of the mister, but also the analog systems and stuff like that. Um, I think that it's worth reading this if you're interested in FPGAs for retro gaming. Uh, So the the link will be in the show notes. That that, that was it. I found the article very interesting. Nice. I got another one.
0: Yes, you do, do Eric.
2: So we went on and on many months ago about Rodman. Rodman. And uh, cause it was it's a fun game. But now we well, have Rod Rodman for the Commodore sixty-four.
0: Actually, I'll be honest with you, I never got too into that one, but I know for the Craptastic competition last year, yeah. We played Rodman Jr., which I loved.
2: Yes. And so now I think you will get excited about this because this is again for Reset 64's four K Craptastic for this year's. There is a new game called Rodman Junior Plus. And uh so this is a game very similar, but it's it's going to be different enough where they're putting a new submitting a new game for competition. Uh I, I gotta be honest with you, I don't know what the differences are. I'm sure the mazes are different. I'm sure that there are there's something. Uh oh, he just left the whole game board there.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to figure I'm watching it and i I, I can tell you there's some stuff that's different, but it doesn't look terribly different, but No. Um it's a great game, so I'll pick it up and see if I can figure out what the differences are.
2: Yeah. So I, I don't know. I thought this was very interesting and and very early for the Craptastic game, so
0: Yeah. I'm looking it's forward a, to it. It's a good game and, regardless, so I'm gonna pick up the new version and check it out. It's like vertical scrolling, Pac Man, but you can also have bombs. Yeah. And um the
2: game is constantly moving. Upwards the game field. So you got to hustle and move your way down the screen, eating all the pellets, grabbing the bombs, blowing things up. Uh, I think this looks really cool. You're right. I'd like to know more about what the differences are between Rodman Jr. and Rodman Jr. Plus, but this is. uh, You'll have to play to find out, Eric. Play to find out. Exactly. Speaking about playing to find out, what's going on here? Um, I'm rusty. I'm rusty on my transitions.
0: (laughs) Well, it looks like Nintendo, again, this is straight off of NintendoLife.com, looks like Nintendo has been reprinting 3DS retail games for a final hurrah. And basically, this article goes on to say that even though the 3DS is officially uh, discontinued and not supported anymore, there's rumors going around that all these games are showing up in stores. Uh, because people still want to buy them and fill out their collections and things. And uh, we're pr- they're pretty sure they're reprints, be- reprints because all of a sudden the cases are a little slimmer than they were before. Um, just the fact that they're showing up in these in stores like in, in large numbers. Uh, so people still want these games. So for example, somebody here on Twitter had pointed out, uh, quite a few hard-to-find 3DS games seem to have appeared recently, including Dragon Quest 7 and 8, Fire Emblem Awakening, Bravely Default, Majora's Mask 3D, Devil's Survivor 2, Stella Glow, Kirby, Planet Robobot, and Luigi's Reman- uh, Re- Luigi's Mansion Remake. Um, anyways, they're still printing games for, for physical old hardware, and I don't know if that's because just the collector's market's gone crazy so they can make more money if they just feel bad for collectors who have to pay so much for these things, I doubt that. Or if um, just maybe it has something to do with the fact that there's people who still want physical games, and there's a demand, so they're like, hey, let's just meet that demand. There's money yeah, to be I mean, made.
2: The, the, the 3DS does, just does not seem that old to me.
0: 15, I, know I think it's Switch, like 15 years or something already.
2: Exactly, but it doesn't seem that old to me. I no. know the Switch came on the scene, and that kind of filled... The niche for mobile games as well as console games, since the Switch is kind of a hybrid system. But I still know a lot of people that still play their 3DS quite a bit. So I, I this makes sense to me, and I kind of wish they would do more of that. Um, I mean, gosh, imagine if they, because one 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 console that really disappoints me is the GameCube, because the games, even the lamest games, are so expensive now for that. Oh yeah, and. If they just said, hey, we're going to release these 10 top games for the GameCube, we're just going to, you know, they will be 60 bucks or whatever, 50, 60 bucks. I'd grab a bunch of them, like the Fire Emblem game and stuff like that. But, you know, so I don't know. I'm glad to hear they're doing this. It's kind of a cool thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Quick update on Nintendo in general. Uh, first of all, the Kirby game that we talked about last episode came out, and everybody is now playing that. That's kind of the, the new hotness for Nintendo. Did you uh, play
2: the demo yet?
0: No. no. I
2: did. I played all through the entire demo.
0: Oh, really? How I did... beat the demo. Dude, so now you don't even need to play the game because you pretty much already beat it.
2: That's right. But I played it because I like Kirby games, um, yeah. and it really is cool. It really is cool. They They nailed the 3D aspect of it. Um, they confined it enough to make it where you kind of feel open world ish, but it's confined enough to where it can still be a good platformer. Cause you know, an open world's not going to be a good platformer. Um, so, like breath of
0: the wild. Ugh.
2: Right. <laughs> well, yeah. So <laughs> disgusting. Um, so th- they, they, they nailed it though. It's, it's, it's fun. They, they did a, some really cool stuff in that game, but anyway, go ahead and continue.
0: Uh, I also wanted to point out that since our last episode, the Mario Kart 8 first DLC pack has released, and I have not paid for the upgrade on the uh, pass yet, so I don't know how it plays, but it has come out, so I oh. I do want to do that. And another reason, I also want to get the, uh, the upgraded, um, I, can't, I call it a season pass, but what did the Nintendo Online Plus or whatever they call it? Yeah, I have the um,
2: online, but not the plus yet
0: yeah the plus because it gives you the genesis games and the nintendo 64 games uh and they just announced that mario golf is now available for the n64 season pass if you have that right nice. so uh i love me some mario golf i know i can play it on my actual nintendo 64 but that's a perfect game to play on the switch yeah uh just sit down in bed and, and play nine holes or something before bed and uh, eventually i'll probably get the new one but for 60 bucks i heard the new one's got so much you know it, it That is a a, uh, polarizing game. People love it or hate it, so I don't want to hate it. So, anyways, Mario Uh, Golf on Switch now.
2: I was so looking forward to Mario Golf. I I was ready to deliver my hard-earned bucks, and then I read the reviews, which I don't really pay a lot of attention to reviews, but it got kind of universally panned because there was so so much stuff wrong with it.
0: Yeah, it became more of a speed game than a golf game, I guess, so...
2: So I'm going to wait till I'm going to pull a Cody and wait till it drops in price.
0: Oh, not drops, but drops in price. Gotcha.
2: That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> uh So let, let's talk about this. So that this one, uh, is called, so this, this is from retro RGB. There's a new game coming out called Asta bros. And it is kind of like a, uh, a roguelike game, but this one it came from a game that this is kind of not a sequel, but come it's in the same universe as, um, I need to look at my notes. The, here. the,
0: the first game I believe was Aster Bros. No, nope. this is called nope. Aster Bros. interview. Is it not? Nope. Nope. No. Oh, okay.
2: So we covered a game not that long ago called Oh, um, demons
0: of Astaberg,
2: D- demons of Astaberg. And that one, I, I have on my EverDrive on my Genesis and it is a blast. I mean, it is a,
0: I keep forgetting to pick that up. I haven't gotten that yet.
2: Yeah, it is. A, it is awesome. And it is a great kind of Castlevania style platformer. Love it. It is a fantastic game. I remember amigo Aaron was talking about this. He covered it on ARG presents, Yeah, uh, which I think was the reason I bought was, was the reason I bought it. And it, 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 it lives up to the hype. It is a great game. Very challenging. Uh, loads of fun, good stuff. This is from the same people, same universe, I think. Um, but it is called Astro Bros and it is a roguelike, uh, style game, uh, coming for the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive again. Uh, it will be an action platformer. I mean, instead of an action platformer, this one will be an action roguelike. Okay. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it should Looks be a gorgeous. lot of fun. I want to get the they, first
0: one. I need to get the first one.
2: <laughs> yeah, those guys make it. These games are beautiful for the Genesis. I, I mean, they, they've they nailed the programming on that. So check that out. So I think this is our final news topic. That it is. and it, Appropriately, it is for the Commodore 64, which is a great way to finish the news off here. It is a game, upcoming game called Knights and Slimes. It is a arcade platformer for the Commodore 64. Uh, I talked to the, this the author is Monty Boyd and I spoke to him a little bit today on Twitter about this game. Really? Cool. Um, you jump around, you smash these things that look like slime. Um, the graphics look fantastic. Um you can play as different knights now. There's not a lot of information about this, so I don't know much about it. So I'm going to sound kind of like kind of like an idiot here. We're just watching around, a short video. Stars. Yeah, yeah. You go around. It's still in development, so there's not much much about it. But you you you're a knight. You go around. You you kill these slimes. You collect stars. Uh, but it is kind of a flick screen platformer, and it just looks fantastic.
0: Looks like solid gameplay. So that's that is yeah. exciting. Yeah. That's and the news. It, that is the news. Um, I think it's time for us to go ahead and crack open another beer, because how are we going to continue on with that one?
2: Exactly. And I have I have another one here in my magic bag of tricks.
0: All right. Well, while you grab then, that one, I will reintroduce, I think for the third time on this show, another beer that I always have on hand, because I love it so much. <laughs> also from San Diego. Yeah. From Coronado Brewing Company, because I'll actually be in Coronado. Yes. Um, yes. Which is a technically a peninsula but they call it an island uh in san diego and it is called weekend vibes and it is a delicious delicious beer it is probably on if i have to be honest with myself this might be my favorite beer right now really i just because there's beers that i think individually i enjoy them more but from time to time this is just a beer that i just always have available right on and i enjoy it every single time so weekend vibes
2: so we have had, so the beer that I'm having today is by Alesmith, which we've had their uh, brown ale before on the show. Sounds familiar. Yeah, it's like the brown and white um, can. Hey, this is another San Diego brewery really? company. That's three on three. this show. We've done three.
1: The universe is trying that, to tell I us something. That,
2: I forgot that Alesmith was from San Diego, but they are from San Diego. This is the Alesmith Porter, and it just simply says Porter. No fancy Porter. names needed. Smith Porter. And it says uh, it is velvety, smooth, and chocolatey. And this says 7.5% alcohol. So that's a that's a spicy meatball.
0: All right, Eric. Well I have to say to that, cheers, my friend.
2: Cheers. <laughs> Pour this bad boy right into this mug, and I'm going to taste this velvety goodness.
0: That's kind of how drinking beer works, but you can explain that to everybody. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) And then you inhale it, apparently, while you laugh.
2: All right. So this one's got... This one's a very dark beer.
0: And this one is not.
2: I'm being very careful with with the language I use now, because I don't want to be censored by Tim anymore. (laughs) He's like Papa Tim.
0: Oh, Papa Tim, boys, boys! Do you know which word you just used?
2: He's gonna wash our mouths out with soap.
0: All right, out of four hundred four four million point two five grains of sand, Eric.
2: <laughs> I gotta tell you, this is very, very tasty. Uh, for for the higher alcohol content, it doesn't taste very alcoholic at all. It's um, it's it's exactly as they say: velvety, chocolatey, and smooth. For a porter, I mean, I'm going to give this. So, what is it? Four point two five, you said. Yep, I'm going to give this a three point eight five.
0: Man, that is high praise. It's very good. I've heard many people say that uh, San Diego, as much as I want, don't want to admit it, is like one of the uh, microbrew havens, one of the best microbrew cities <clears throat> in, in the United States. And I I'm starting, did to not know that. starting to see why. Starting to see why.
2: You know, I lived in San Diego for a little while
0: before you could drink beer.
2: Was before I could drink beer. Yeah, I Legally? was uh, fifth grade. Fifth grade.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Eric, I think it's time for us to hear what your take is all about.
1: Eric's take!
2: This is April, and this is Eric's take for this month. Uh, I wanted to just do a quick kind of off-the-cuff segment about what I have been enjoying on my Mr. FPGA setup lately, some of the new things that have come out that I'm really excited about and that are working really well, and a few other little things here and there, kind of the state of the union, as it were, for the Mr. FPGA We've talked about this a lot on the show, so I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail. Uh, Mr. FPGA is a little circuit board that is called the DE10 Nano that you can buy these add-ons for. And it does hardware simulation for all sorts of consoles, computers, uh, things like that. And you can this thing can be configured in a lot of different ways. What I chose to do is to put it inside of a 3D printed wedge computer that allows me to have a mechanical keyboard on it with all the ports in the back. And basically, because I use my FPGA a lot for, uh, for the computer cores, uh, but I have been doing more and more game consoles. Uh, of course, my first choice is always to use real hardware whenever I can, especially when I'm testing games for the podcast so I can do my due diligence properly. But when I want a quick and dirty game and I don't want to go into all the setup and rigmarole, I can just boot up my FPGA uh, wedge computer and it is good to go. Um, so with that said, I wanted to start out with the one of the first things uh, about my current setup is that it is inside of a 3D printed wedge computer, but I opted to take a... Um, an SSD enclosure that I got from Todd Gill uh, on, on Twitter and modify it so that it would go into this uh, 3D-printed wedge computer. So basically, I have a terabyte SSD hard drive connected to my MISTER. So I have that as well as the SD card that you use to load cores. The whole reason that I did that was because I had heard that there was a PlayStation one core coming that would require you to have a library of of CD images. And obviously those are pretty large. Now, I already have a CD based console on my mister, which is the Sega CD that is from the Mega Drive slash Genesis library, uh, I guess you would say, but it, and it, it works wonderfully. And so I've been collecting and making a little library for Sega CD and that was, the, the first thing I actually moved over to the SSD. And then the second thing was large Amiga hard drive files. And I'll I'll kind of get to that in a minute because I've been experimenting with those a lot. Um, but it really, the whole impetus for doing that was to do PlayStation. Because I, I, you just know this was going to be one of the flagship cores. It was just going to... I mean, playing, being able to play your PlayStation one games on the mister is just amazing. So anyway, I waited, I built that up and then I waited and waited because I had heard that the PlayStation core during its early testing, you had to have special memory configuration, which I did not have. Um, it, it, Lacked sound for a long time. It was basically just a test core, and people would jump in there and beta tested it. And I was, I, you know, I would have loved to do that, but I was so busy, I did not do that. I didn't really test the early betas, so I waited and waited until finally I remember getting a message on the Amigos Discord from somebody I don't remember who it was who was saying, "Hey, they have sound working on the PSX core and." it's looking really good. So it was probably a couple weeks after that when I was able to find the time to go online, do the research on how to get that core working. And there were a couple videos out showing you kind of a more complicated way to get it to work where you took the uh, BIOS files and had to merge them into this file. And uh, honestly, I got a little put off on that until I learned about the Mr FPGA Discord. There is if you look up on Discord Mr FPGA, everyone's welcome to join this. All the developers meet up on there or not all of them, but most of them meet up on there. And there is a, and I'm kind of looking at my phone here cuz I don't want to get this wrong. There is a um forum inside of that Discord that is called test builds. And within there they release the RBF file Every few days, there's a new RBF file that fixes a little something here and there. And all you have to do, there are instructions on this Discord where you pop in, you find the PS1 BIOS files. You can find them online or, uh, there's also, you can just Google it. There's all sorts of places to find the BIOS files. You, um, you download the, uh, the RBF file and put it in your console directory. Uh, you put the BIOS files in a directory. I don't remember. It's all explained on the Discord. Pretty much, it made it pretty simple. I mean, I downloaded four or five files, put them where they're supposed to be, and boom, the PSX core was working. And I'll tell you, even the early, the you know, the, I don't want to say the early one, but the, the one that c- people were claiming, well, still had a few problems here and there. It seemed to work really well for me. So I started taking all the CD images I had for my PSX, and a lot of them I just took off of my PSX Classic, which... I still use to this day because I love the save states and stuff like that on there. Um, I took all my images and moved them over there and I was delighted to find every single one of them worked Um, like harmful park, uh, which is one of my favorite shmups and ape escape and a couple other ones. Um, Almost every, uh, everyone that I tried seemed to work. Now, if you're, if you're looking at the test builds forum on that discord you will come across people who will say well this doesn't work really well this doesn't work well and uh they're usually kind of the the games that are outlier games um but for the most part it works really well now that was probably i don't know a month and a half ago there has so so much work has gone into this that almost every glitch that you can imagine is being addressed or has been addressed I'm loving this core. I mean, I'm playing Twisted Metal two almost every night. I am I am digging into Harmful Park. I'm digging into just uh, you know Final Fantasy Tactics was another one. I am loving this core. It is even right now in its beta. It's rock solid. It's easy to set up. If you have a Mister, there's no reason why not to do this. In fact, it inspired me to grab this thing I have in my hand right here. It is a USB to PlayStation 1 adapter for your controller. So I have one of these for my Amiga. I have one of these for my Amiga CD32. So I just bought another one for my Mr. They're pretty cheap. You can find them all over eBay. I plugged this in, plugged in my PSX controller, mapped it, You mapped it on the core, which is super easy. And what surprised me the most is that, I don't know the right vernacular for this, but the geometry of the analog sticks. Uh, sometimes when you use these adapters, or and, and it's, it's not only the adapter; it's the core that has to support this. Um, I have uh, sometimes I'll, I'll use a controller that has analog sticks, and they just don't seem to work right. And, and this is where the vernacular comes in: the geometry of the analog sticks, the the pressure or the the sensitivity to the movement. A, a lot of times, it, that seems off. So anyway, when I went and tried, and the, 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 the perfect test example of this is Ape Escape, one of my favorite games on PlayStation. Love the game, but it requires both analog sticks to work right. I loaded that up and it worked exactly like I remembered it from my real PS1. No difference um, that I could detect the geometry for the analog sticks. The, the calculations seem to be perfect. So, I could not be happier with with that. I mean, it is amazing. So, anyway, I hope I've inspired you to do the PlayStation Core. Now, rumor has it coming down the pipe, people have been working like crazy to get two more cores that I'm excited to work. One is the Atari Jaguar. I don't I've been I've been uh, made fun of on how I pronounce that on the show. Uh, thank you Josh Malone. Uh, but The the Atari Jaguar core is coming. I'm excited about that one because I still don't have an Atari Jaguar and I want to play that library of games. And I know that Cody has had some games in the queue that he wants to play for our six good games or battles that uh, I really want to get that core up and running so I can play these games. Um, and then the other one is going to be uh, fit right alongside well with the PSX core is the Sega Saturn core is coming. And I've been playing my Sega Saturn a lot because I installed the Fenrir ODE in that. And I've been enjoying it and trying out a ton of games. I am really excited for what they come up with with this core. I think that's going to be the next core that's going to have a lot of people start jumping once the PSX core is out of state where they think it's kind of a final I think a lot of people are going to start working on the Saturn one. And because of the particular type of chips that are in the Saturn, I, I know it's going to be a more challenging core to get accurate, but, uh, the, the work, the, if you, the oh, man, the P, if you can even just look up YouTube videos on the PSX core, if you don't have a mister, it, it's amazing. The work they've done on this thing. Um, another thing is, uh, this is kind of a side note. There is a script called update all, update underscore all. If you Google that, you will find the script that you can run on your mister that will do all the hard work for you in finding uh, updated cores. So you don't even have to go out and find these individually. Cause I mean, at this point I, I haven't counted lately, but there are, I, I, I don't know, at least 50 or 60 cores that are on the mister different systems, whether they're computer console or, old Pong machines. Um, There are just a ton on there. And to maintain that library and update it manually is would be a daunting task. Now update scripts in the past have done more some good, some bad, some were just not very good. Uh, Some would crash, some would not download the right files, etc, etc. If you Google update underscore all, you will find a script that not only is good out of the box cuz it will update arcade cores um it will update all the computer console cores all that stuff it'll update bios files it'll update um all sorts of things cheats now it does the cheats can you believe that cheats and everything um it it now also does the filters the CRT filters now some people online don't like to use CRT filters some do I I think they look pretty bad on most systems kind of like the those minis I didn't think they looked that great on there in, in emulators like PC emulators they don't look great the ones on Mister are amazing in fact one of my favorite ones is called is under shadow mask 1x and it is the Sony Trinitron 1968 filter it looks like my Sony PVM I mean the screen it's, it's a subtle, it's like most scan line filters that I've seen are, are, are just trying to brute force their way to look like scan lines. Scan lines are subtle. I mean, if you have a real CRT on, on a higher quality CRT, they're subtle. They're not these just lines running across the, across the screen. The, there are so many new filters on here and just looking through all of them. The Sony Trinitron 68 has been my favorite one for a while. I've been applying it to almost every core that I have, and it looks brilliant. I've I just started trying it last week on the PSX core, and it 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 brings a tear to my eye that it looks so great. It reminds me of playing it on my old Toshiba uh, flat CRT uh, because the scan lines in there are very subtle, uh, but they look good and they 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 make they you know the. One good thing about scan lines and and the fake scan lines that are that are put on there is they do tone down the jaggy edges of digital sprites and digital uh, art on games. Uh, you know they were designed on CRTs, so when when you see them, they're they're jaggy and harsh. Whereas these filters will kind of soften them. So I love just going through them and exploring the way all these different filters looks. I mean that seems like a geeky thing to do, but it, it enhances playing these games and, and using this core. So those have been there. And then the final thing I want to talk about: that the GBA, the Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy, Game Boy Color cores have worked well for a long, long time. They not only play the games very well; they have save states. Which, when I'm playing games for the show, and I can only play in little ten minute, fifteen minute increments, as you know, the save states, the the save if if the cartridge supported save at all, which a lot of them didn't, but if they did support it, you had to usually get to a checkpoint in the game. And I don't have time for that. I can't just, I can't just go find the save state or the save checkpoint. So having save state saves me a ton of time in research, the GBA, I, especially the GBA core recently, I, I was doing another playthrough on the first Advance wars, uh, which I love, love that game. In fact, I was going to use it for my, uh, we're doing six good chibi style games. I was going to do advanced Wars cause they are chibi style graphics, but, um, I opted to do a different one, but I, I love that game so much. I just decided to keep playing it. And, uh, I am I, just those cores themselves with the save States is amazing. And save States are coming to more and more cores. The PlayStation core has a save state, which I found pretty amazing. Um, Anyway, so really, I just want to touch base on some of the newer things that have been happening with me and the Mr. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it inspires you to get uh, Mr. because they are rising in price these days. Uh, The base price has risen, I think, 20 or 20 or 40 bucks in the last year. So now's the time to get in it because the price is only going to rise on them. Um, There's so many options for the add on boards now and so many cool things to do. It's time to jump in. Uh, so anyway thanks for listening i will see you next
0: month all right we are back here live in the studio enjoying our weekend vibes and porters
3: and what have you our
0: san diego beers and uh i don't know i guess we'll uh dig into six good games All right, Eric, remind me, what types of good games are we talking about this month?
2: We are talking about chibi-style games, and what is your definition of chibi?
0: I knew you were going to ask me this question, which is why I prepared for it wholeheartedly. Excellent. Um, So I did do some research to make sure my definition was accurate enough, and I think it is accurate enough, but for the most part, my definition, the way it's important to me, is that it is a style-of-art Uh, typically cute but where the main purpose is to show more emotion on the character's face therefore their face is usually two to three times the size of their body giant face small body um obviously very japanese and uh i think it's for multiple purposes but when it comes to video games in large part it was so that you could use uh more pixels to show the emotion on the face and the body was less important as far as doing that
2: yeah, and and I meant to do research before this show to to look into it like the the what the what the chibi really means, what is the root meaning of the word chibi? Like what does it translate to? And I I dropped the ball totally didn't research that, but I'm assuming it means something like cute or small or something like that, right?
0: I I believe my quick research uh said it meant something to the effect of like childlike or childish.
2: Okay. That that would make sense. So that kind of and the funny thing is, last month we did a game, River City Ransom. Yeah. That, that's definitely I think when I think of Chibi, that's one of the very first games that pops into my mind.
0: Now, in my research, I found this to be funny. A lot of the sites that were talking about it, yeah, uh, wanted to reference the fact that some people can find the word Chibi offensive, but it's not like the word itself is offensive. It's like if you were to call an adult or somebody trying to be serious something Chibi, yeah, that you could be offended because you're like that's cute and childish. Kind of like demeaning, yeah, I mean, demeaning I, basically.
2: I wouldn't want to be called like, hey, you got a big giant head and a little tiny body. You emote well,
0: Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I can um, really
2: see you're sad because of your giant head.
0: But it's funny because you also will see, see a lot of games with the letters SD behind it, yeah. right? You know where I'm going with this. And no one talks about how offensive this could sound, but a lot of people, instead of saying chibi, will use the other term, which is super deformed. <laughs> sd is super deformed like chibi can be offensive but a lot of people call it super deformed i think i'd rather be (laughs) called i I choose chibi (laughs) (laughs) but i get the idea behind it is you know like the head is would never be that big compared to a body so you're making a picture that is super deformed from reality but yeah eric eric you're looking quite chibi today (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) anyways i am curious um What's funny about Chibi is I typically, in my head, get an idea for the gameplay as soon as you say Chibi, chibi. but that's not really the case at all. The gameplay could be anything. It's more just an art style. But I do notice that for the most part, games that are Chibi usually have very good controls. They're very accurate. Yeah. um, For some reason. And they're usually kind of a simpler game, maybe that goes with the childlike thing, either the term chibi or the the actual just the kind of um you know the fact that chibi looking characters are going to be more attractive to kids initially yeah. but they're usually simpler and really tight controls which are two things I love in games Eric I love simple games that are easy to pick up and with really tight controls so I love chibi games
2: yeah i i mean when it, when we when i thought about this st- style of game i was like most of the games that i really enjoy are chibi-style games, and I didn't even think about it. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, yeah, that one's too, like River City Ransom. That's chibi.
0: Yeah. Right? Yep. So, But you picked a bunch of games that I don't think you were thinking of ahead of time. It looks like you pulled these out of yep. um, out of your new magic hat. So how about you, you go first, Eric? What chibi okay. game would you consider good?
2: Okay. So I'm going to start with a game that I actually find the history of it uh, as interesting as the game. So... Let me ask you this question. Have you seen this movie, Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Have you seen that?
0: I have seen this movie and before the movie was a graphic novel, I believe.
2: Yep. There was a graphic novel. There were several graphic novels by Oni press by Brian Lee O'Malley, um, which I've, I've, I, I've never owned them. I've never really read them all the way through. I've seen them and kind of flipped through them in the store. Yeah. Um, but that is the my choice for number 1 is Scott Pilgrim versus the world the game um if you think about the movie the movie is about um Scott Pilgrim of course and he is falls in love with this character Ramona Flowers and it's kind of this uh he has to battle seven evil boyfriends
0: so seven win- evil exes
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. Several, yeah, several evil ex-boyfriends. I should have been more clear on that. Um, And if you think about that, it is a perfect, it it is a weird meta kind of thing. It is a graphic novel about really with the motif of video games turned into a video game about the about the movie that was about video games so it's a very weird <laughs> yeah. kind of circular logic there um but it, it i i like the movie i mean i wouldn't say it's a masterpiece or anything but i really enjoyed scott pilgrim it's fun to watch i
0: haven't i, I want to see it again
2: yeah and it is based on it is very video game heavy like he hits somebody and like a bunch of coins fly out of them and yeah. There's like a high score thing above him and it's tallying like high scores. I mean, it very much is a game for video game nerds. I mean, it is, it's cool. And I like the, I, I do like the movie. So I was very intrigued about the game. Now, the, uh, let me cover the history first before I cover the game. Cause mm-hmm. I find that very interesting and it is a lesson in what not to do by companies. And it's something you and I, Cody, have talked about yep on the show we've talked
0: about this game um yeah one of our first episodes we referenced this game which is neat
2: so the game was originally released digitally for xbox 360 and the playstation 3 in august 2010 okay and (laughs) so you could buy it digitally and download it and play it and have fun with it and you think hey i have this game forever guess what
0: (laughs) That's what I think every time I buy something. <laughs> I go, wow, I have this forever. Yep. In
2: December 2014, so that's only four years later. And you know, the Xbox 360, and this is from my perspective, because I had the 360. Um, <laughs> four <laughs> years is not a long time in its lifetime. I mean, that, that console was The Switch was is relevant. already four years old. Yeah, exactly. The, the 360 was relevant for well over 10 years. So four years into this, it gets delisted. Okay, and... Nobody knows for sure why, because, I mean, even the research I did today said it was probably due to the licensing expired, like licensing for the movie, uh-huh. or maybe the music that's in on it or whatever it is. Some license expired, so they delisted it, okay? After that, if you had it on your hard drive, you could still keep playing this game. But it started to get these legs afterwards, like people were really interested in this game. Like, hey, it's a very cool beat-em-up um, there was DLC for this game. There was all sorts of stuff. People really like this game. So, I mean, it, roughly this game, we'll talk about it in a minute, but it is a beat-em-up game. It is like kind of like a Streets of Rage-style beat-em-up game with kind of chibi-style characters. I mean, their heads are pretty large compared to their bodies.
0: And RPG elements, just like River City Ranch. Uh, exactly.
2: And there, a lot, this game, which we'll talk about in a minute, draws a lot from other games. Lots of other games. I mean, this oh, like yeah. the 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 map screen is like totally right out of uh, Super Mario Three. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so it got delisted, so people started to get back and in, interested in it. And, and I listened to at least two different podcasts that were talking about how this game was awesome, and there is no way to get it now. If you don't have it on your hard drive, you cannot play this game. And yeah. that went on forever until its tenth anniversary. Um, when one of the, like somebody approached Ubisoft and was like, Hey, we, we would like to, the 10th anniversary is coming. Let's reissue this game. Let's, let's remaster it. Ubisoft to their credit was like, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's start working on that. And they did. And, um, it was released on January 14th, 2021. And it came out for a bunch of different systems, PlayStation four, Xbox one, Nintendo switch, windows amazon luna i don't even know what that is
0: <laughs> oh the luna that's where we're gonna have to buy uh, you and tim we're gonna have to have a battle of the luna <laughs> exactly
2: oh man luna woof! that's uh, ai <laughs> i don't know what that is that that's not good marketing <laughs> and the stadia at least i've heard of that um, yeah. um but it is called scott pilgrim versus the world the game the complete edition includes all the dlc um, which the DLC included extra characters like knives, Chow and, uh, uh, God, uh, the other guy who's great in, in the movie, I can't remember his name. He was the roommate. Um, can't remember his name, but anyway, so anyway, that's the history. So I think that is a good lesson in, uh, fi- that is a good argument for buying physical copies of games because this, which by the way, I guess there is a company that is working on a physical version of this game. I don't think it's released yet though.
0: Yes. I, I believe it to be a limited run. Yeah. I think the it's most, limited. Run, the most right. popular one or the most. Yeah, All right, so let's one. talk
2: about the game finally, because I'm going on and on here.
0: Oh, there's a game. That's right. I'm yeah. sorry.
2: Scott Pilgrim is a game is a beat up game. A lot like streets of rage two. So it's side scrolling. The graphics are very stylistic. I, I love the graphics in this game. They're very cartoony. Although they are very cheap, they're not very chibi. They're on the edge of chibi. Like, I mean, realistically, quite... those
0: heads are huge, but nowhere near as big as, yeah, some. like
2: most games, the heads are giant. And I mean, and the bodies are tiny bodies are small in this, but the heads are, are, are very large. So you can see their uh, emotions on their face. It's
0: chibi. It is chibi.
2: It is chibi. Yep. So again, we, like we were explaining this game, you play now, let me, let me also tell you this, this game is much, much better played with multiple people.
0: Well, then we're gonna have to Um, do that.
2: Yep. I played this game with my son for a little bit. That's the only time I ever played it multiplayer and it was much easier to clear levels and to get the bosses and beat bosses in this game. Um, By yourself, it's kind of a slog because you have to like grind more for money and, and, and. There are shops in this game so you can boost your abilities, you can boost your weapons, stuff like this. This is one of those style games where you can pick up a lot of, there's a lot of environmental stuff you can do. You can pick up trash cans and all sorts of things. When you defeat enemies, coins pop out of them. You collect you, the coins. Can, and can you throw
0: bad guys? Can you throw people you've already beaten up? And throw their, absolutely. There were corpses at other people.
2: You yes. absolutely can do that, yeah. And so there are multiple characters you can play. You can play as Ramona Flowers. You can play as uh, Scott Pilgrim, of course. Uh, there's a but a lot of the other characters in the game you can play as. Uh, again, you get to the bosses. The boss battles are really pretty awesome. I mean, you, you see the seven ex-boyfriends in different, you know, just it, it does follow the movie. So there is like a guy who's a, you know, a, a movie star, but he also skateboards and you battle him. Uh, they're just a ton of... If you like the movie and you've seen it, this game, you will love this game. I mean, it is really, really well done. Very colorful. Also, the music... I don't know if I have the notes here. I think I do here. Do, 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 do. Programmers, artists, the composer. Now, I'm going to butcher this probably. Well, Go not. for it. On a No, I didn't butcher it at all. That's exactly what it is. On yep. a They wrote one of the best soundtracks for just about any game. I mean, I know that's a bold statement, but it is an amazing soundtrack. Really? Man, so okay, I'm going to get, buy this. Yeah. You got to get, you got to hear the, you got to hear the soundtrack on this. It is a really fun game. Great sound, great music, great graphics, very lots of different types of enemies, lots of different types of bosses. Um, anyway, give this a shot. Scott Pilgrim vs. the world. You can buy it now on switch when it does come out physical, I'm gonna try to f- pick it up. If it, I I don't have the information if it's out physical yet. Um, it's I only read a, that it's probably pre order thing. On it. Yeah.
0: yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully you can find it in Best Buy. Some other games are in Best Buy.
2: Yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's nice.
1: It.
0: Yeah. I am gonna start with it's funny this whole ep- We should have there's like a theme to this episode, Eric. What is um, that? Games, old games that are having, rele- like, new released versions of them right now. Awesome. Such as Pocky and Rocky for the Super Nintendo. Sweet. Um, this game... I've never out- played this. I, I don't know if you it. remember. I remember we had, a, a, when I had my birthday a few years back, and I had a bunch of people over just to play video games. We had, like, a tournament. Yep. I had this on one of the screens, and I remember specifically you being like, whoa, what game is that? That looks amazing. I'm like, yeah. it's Pocky and Rocky. And that, at that point, you had not heard of it, but um, Pocky and Rocky. is a game that did actually get released in america although the cartridge is hundreds and hundreds of dollars if you get the american one because it's not common yeah um i think it came out late but it is a very japanese game and it is a game about this um i I mean high level overview but this little girl and this like magical raccoon who is human-sized um and of course, you know, like any good video game, something happens to the cre- the woodland creatures of the forest and the raccoon comes and uh, I love this first line, right, in the in the cutscene. Uh, for some reason, in every like cartoon, every kid show, people don't run up and just start t- talking about something awful. They don't just say, hey, Timmy fell in the well. They say, something terrible has happened. <laughs> exactly. And they wait for the other person to say, what happened? What is so terrible? Um, apparently not that urgent no <laughs> yeah time not for urgent. that banter um so anyways basically all their fan your friend woodland creatures actually they're not even woodland creatures they're goblins which sound bad to me but apparently they're supposed to be good have turned against everybody and it's up to this raccoon and this purple-haired chibi girl to um knock some sense into them by shooting them with fireballs and cards yeah um so it's a very colorful, very pretty. Um, I mean, it's just gorgeous. It's it's a lot of action, and it is it's. Uh, how would you describe the gameplay? It's really kind of like I, I would either say twin stick shooter, but it's only you fire only in the direction you're pointing. So it's not yeah. really a twin stick shooter, but it's more it's almost like, an like action, almost like commando. Yeah. Um, yeah but you don't only scroll vertically you can also uh you know there's parts it's it's on a track uh but you can scroll left to right or vertically or right to left or i think down at certain points in the game and you're just blowing away these really creative colorful japanese bad guys over and over and over again going down kind of these corridors um lots of different enemy types different um you know, we just went through, like, a city with, like, a dock, and now we're in, like, this dark woodsy area, and now we're heading to the river, and there's fish with legs that are jumping on the dock, and it got to blow those guys away, because every, everybody's bad. Everyone's out to get you. Uh, and it's a two-player game, couch co-op, so the second player does play as the raccoon, if I remember correctly.
2: Nice. pretty. I, I, it's pretty almost game. like a shmup, but, uh, but you can stop and walk around. And there are shmups like that. I can't... The, the names aren't coming to my mind, but... It's almost like a shmup.
0: And it has... Uh, it is. Yeah, it has that vibe. Cause it's really fast. Like, it's commando, but much faster. Yeah. Much much bigger sprites and much uh, more emotion on the sprites because they have big chibi heads. Yeah. Um, I love this. There's a lot of moments like this in the game where you can tell it was a, a Japanese translation done to English that just makes me laugh. Um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it, but here's the first boss, and he comes out and stops and says <laughs> his opening line line to you, which is ha 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 i am your adversary
2: (laughs) (laughs) he goes ha ha i am your adversary
0: so if if real life could be anything like this at least we'd know who's out to get us before they attack us you know like that would that would do well for our society i think oh you're my adversary i will fight you then (laughs) um anyways i don't have to say too much more about that really cool game and it's a game that i really want to dig into it's one of those games that i i start up often and play a level or two and go man i need to get to that and just like dig into it because it's really fun but i never go further than that you know right um and i deserve to it deserves me too so pocky and rocky which just got a new game um a remastered version of this game with a whole bunch of i think new content and stuff released on all the new systems so Are you i know really? it's on the switch yep
2: it, oh wow
0: in fact, if I if you go to Google right now and type Pocky and Rocky without the word SNES in there, uh, everything that pop, here you go, Pocky and Rocky resh- reshrined. So reshrined. Yep. Wow. So let me just click on it really quick and just see what that looks like. But here's the new version for. Um, uh, well, I know it's coming out on on Switch, but other stuff I'm sure. But yeah, there it is. It's kind of a. Uh, there
2: we go. Oh, the graphics are still really good. It still Man, looks look at the look at the color texture on that.
0: Yeah, it definitely looks like um it's definitely it feels like the same game, but the graphics while they still look they maybe look 32 bit, if you will. Yeah. But the it's very smooth animation and much bigger enemies and all kinds of cool stuff. So this is like the third Pocky and Rocky almost. Looks really cool.
2: It does look really cool. Tool cool. cool. Nice. That's a good pick. I I this is one of those ones I'm gonna take a note right now. That I need to play that one. New or old? I'll just pick will pick whichever. For what for you? Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Right? Got yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So this one you can help me with, Cody, because honestly, we were running out of time for this episode, and I picked it because I was researching chibi style games on the Saturn, because I've been big into Saturn lately. I did not know this game existed. I know you have, you have the original copy of this and the Tim said, the much Tim less pl-
0: expensive Japanese version of it. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I think Tim was mentioning he had played it before. I had never even heard of this game until like I, I loaded it up on the Saturn. Um, the game I picked is we have moved Chibi into 3d, 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 Chibi. 3D. Chibi. And this is virtual fighter kids on the Sega Saturn fighting this game is, eric it is a fighting game yes and i i did i i probably played it for about a half an hour um it is a <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned this because i have the wiki article printed out here because i wanted to get some information out of it okay it's made by sega am2 but it, one of the first lines is um a super deformed version of, of virtual fighter 2
0: yeah there you go not, <laughs> Speaking of not super offensive. deformed not offensive, just, it's just that all these children in this game who are beating each other senseless are super deformed.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they are super deformed, exactly. They, have, they do have giant heads, which yeah. I find it funny because some of these characters will do flips in the game. Um, <laughs> just rotate their flip...
0: little legs over their gigantic chrome dome.
2: When they flip, they're literally just, their body is just circumnavigating their head. <laughs> like it, the body just flips around the head and then lands. It's, it's hilarious. Love it. Circumnavigating. Um, Good word so it was released in the arcades, so I didn't know that I've never seen this in the arcade. I would have loved it.
0: <laughs> I think it's the Japanese arcades, I don't know if it yeah. came out here, uh, and on the Sega
2: Saturn in 1996. Um, it, it, it's so so cool. So, every character in here basically is just a kid version of the actual fighters from Virtual Fighter 2. They're not kids, though. So, like this dude that, was, uh, that Cody and I are watching on the screen here, he's got a beard.
0: <laughs> this one has got a beard. He looks like uh, the guy that, uh, the yoga instructor that steals your girlfriend on vacation is what this guy looks like.
2: <laughs> exactly. So these really are just miniaturized versions of the Virtual Fighter 2 characters. But And it is funny, like during the intro when you first boot this game, like it shows like the virtual fighter 2 fighter like there's this there's a female fighter i forget her name but she's standing there looking badass and like rocking back and forth ready to fight and then she's like what and she looks down at her leg and there's like this tiny little version of her <laughs> like pulling it, pulling on her pant leg and uh so even they're in on the joke like these are just like little weird clones of them like like malformed clones <laughs> deformed clones <laughs>
1: um
2: but i mean and there's I, again i only play this for about half an hour and there's not much to say because there is it's a fighting game it's a 3d fighting game and listen i was big into virtual fighter and virtual fighter 2 i love both those games still play them to this day i think they're really cool uh, very polygonal like there, you know there's the 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 3ds very very uh low texture polygonal so that gives some kind of charm to the game um the fight if you played those a lot of the moves still translate over to this so i mean you're still you're you're just playing a bunch of like like this says super deformed versions Yeah. and and another thing is the sound like when they make their little sounds like like they get hit there it's like they're yeah, they're all like on helium. That's <laughs> yep, like they yep. like helium. Um, I had a blast. I played this for about a half an hour. Like I said, I played the ninja guy, and I played, um, I did play the guy with the beard. Uh, and it's it's a fun fighting game, but with chibi characters and super deformed characters. What so. I think
0: is funny is that their head is super deformed because it's three times the size of their their body. Yeah, but then their hair is like three times the size of their head, so they're they're like triple deformed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the hair of that last guy was just over the top this look at that look at that <laughs> yeah oh, and man. one thing i
2: didn't i didn't really get into oh and and by the way like i guess this game was super popular in japan where they came out with a ton of like plushies like plush dolls
0: yeah that makes sense Of these
2: characters like i guess they sold a, a ton of those and the child versions of Akira Yuki and Sarah Bryant reappear as playable characters in fighters mega mix and fighters mega mix is that fighting game where like the actual car from Daytona. Yeah. They mix all
0: characters from all kinds of Sega games together. Yep.
2: Yeah. So ones from virtual kids Two actually show up in that game. That's how popular this game was, I guess, wildly popular in Japan. Um, Interesting. So anyway, I I played it. I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm going to play this as one of my like uh, fighting games are one of my like uh, relaxing kind of games like I like to before I go to bed I load up Street Fighter all the time play play as far as I can get and when I die I go to bed it's kind of like that deal I'm going to start like incorporating some virtual fighter kids into my uh, nightly rotation yeah
0: all right well my next game is a game that I've probably talked about in the show I don't know I don't care I love it yeah and that is Bubble Bobble Three, also known as Parasol Stars, which Eric, yeah, um, obviously you're a huge Bubble Bobble fan, a huge, huge love. So it. I'm sure you like uh, Bubble Bobble Two, which is called Rainbow Island. Yep, I do love that one. And both of those games came out in the arcades first, and then they made ports for like all kinds of systems. Yes. Parasol Stars, in my opinion, to me, is my favorite Bubble Bobble game. Okay, love it. And it was uh, created specifically and designed only for the PC Engine Turbo Graphics, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then from there, it was ported to only a few things uh, Game Boy, of all things, the NES, where it got much uglier, and <laughs> the true. Amiga. Which, the Amiga. Yeah. I have not played the Amiga version, so I can't speak on that one, but.
2: It's a good version. I've played it. I, the, I, I first played this on the TurboGrafx-16 when I first got one, and I, I loved it. I Like I said, there's something about Bubble Bobble games. I love them all.
0: Well, I, I never caught on to Rainbow Island. That one's never clicked for me. But the Bubble Bobble one I love, and Parasol Stars has become my favorite. This game is just like Bubble Bobble, if you've played it or not. Uh, a yeah. single-screen clearing game uh, where there's platforms of different shapes. are almost like mazes um enemies that basically uh can either fly around or walk on platforms and fall some of them will stop and then jump up on platforms from time to time and whereas in the first bubble bobble you blow your you know these little uh humans have who have turned into lizards or dinosaurs or whatever you want to call them bub and bob bub and bob um but you would blow bubbles and you have to try to it was kind of imprecise and it worked it was kind of imprecise though like if you blew a bubble wrong it would kind of bounce off the person you had to hit them perfectly with it or if they turned into a bubble and got caught in the bubble you have to pop the bubble but you kind of um, you can kind of nudge the bubble out of the way while you're trying to pop on it yep. and uh so it's kind of, you kind of have to get used to the feel of bubble bubble one parasol stars is extremely straightforward as far as um doing what you're trying to do um so, you basically have a parasol, or which is a fancy way of saying an umbrella for sun, not rain, um, which apparently is a thing in Japan. I don't know the last time I've seen somebody use an actual parasol. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but you're a, a boy, I think you're bub. I don't know. I don't know the story, the lore. Um, and in this game, you can put the, paras- the parasol uh, above you to block things from, from that are falling on you. Or there's like little droplets of water that can fall through levels and and kind of make their way down the level. And if you catch that on the top of your parasol while it's up, it'll hang out there on top of parasol until you let go of the parasol button, in which case it shoots across the screen. Um, Or you can keep holding it up and get more and more things collected up there. For example, if there's um, bubbles that have a little fire emblem in there, you can collect like five of those together. To make one huge fire bubble and at that point you're not just throwing a bubble across the uh the map you're um for example the fire one drops a big old kind of wad of fire on the ground in that area so that if any enemies touch that wad of fire they die or um there's ones that have electrical bolts in them which again if you have five of those and shoot it the electrical bolt becomes gigantic and shoots across the screen um, there's all kinds of power-ups, like feet, like shoes that make you go faster, but the idea is to hit the enemies with a bubble or with another stunned enemy, which will then stun an enemy, and then the second time you hit the enemy, either by picking it up and throwing it into a wall or into another enemy, um, or by throwing something, a bubble into it, then the enemy finally quote-unquote dies and turns into fruit and there's fruit all over the place and you're picking up fruit and destroying enemies and trying not to get hit by other enemies and it's frantic and fun and it kind of has a puzzle element to it because you kind of learn your strategy for each screen very brightly colored uh compared to bubble bobble the sprites are much larger which i really like and as i said before the um hit detection is just much more on point and easier to work with Uh, the parasol also will if you hold it above you while you're falling will help you slow down while you're falling you can still bounce on um water droplets or bubbles that you find throughout the game to get to higher places um and then the part i love about this game for like high scoring is when you throw something across the screen there'll be areas that are kind of invisible to you but as you throw things across the screen it'll unlock all kinds of fruit and candy and things that are just worth points so you can spend your, uh, you know, go, spend your time going through the level just to kind of beat the level, or you can uh, kind of milk the level for all the points you can get by trying to unlock as many of those extra points as possible. Uh, so tons of high score potential in this game. Great music, great graphics. Um, you play through all these different worlds. Each world I think is seven levels plus a, a major boss, and the bosses are really fun. Each boss requires you to use a different special ability to beat it, and. Uh, all kinds of it's almost like um parodious in and the fact that the characters and things that you're destroying are just all over the place and bizarre right now there is literally a pink piano on the screen and the longer you leave it on the screen it creates these little clams made out of yo-yos
2: <laughs> yeah
0: and everything's bizarre like that so um fun whimsical great gameplay great music Every time I played this game, I couldn't put it down until I ran through all my continues and lost. Uh, typically at the very last world, which ramps up the difficulty a lot. Um, but I love it.
2: Yeah, this Paris is All-Stars. one of the also one of the great. Uh, this really is at its core like a a scoring game, like the, a high score game, like yep. a, any good arcade machine. And uh, man, it is colorful. The music is great. Um, it Points really is a, just a continuation of the greatness of Bubble Bobble. It's like they almost got better and better as the, as the, they're not even similar style. I mean, they're similar style games, I guess, but they're, they're all like, i they just share a universe. And, yeah.
0: They, they have, they definitely have their own identity.
2: Yeah. Definitely. And this one is, is fantastic. I love playing this one. Um, uh, and I do load it up. I do load it up from time to time and play it. It's great. I love it. I
0: have to ask you, though, have you ever played after Bubble Bubble 3, Parasol mm-hmm. Stars? There's a couple other ones released. Have you played any of those? I know yes. the Switch one, the most recent Switch one you have.
2: I've played that one sparsely, though. Not really a lot. I, I haven't played that one a ton. No, I, I. and I will say I've played Rainbow Islands more than Parasol Stars, only okay. because of the platform it was released on. Um, rainbow islands is on everything um i i do like rainbow islands i i do like the mechanics in that game so uh um, i don't I dislike don't,
0: it it just hasn't clicked me the way this has where like when i yeah. put in rainbow islands i'm like fighting not really fighting but i'm like oh let me let me try to play 10 15 minutes see if it grabs me yeah. uh whereas this one like i can't get myself to not play 10 15 minutes yeah i have, yeah, to, I have I, to play an hour or two
2: I've played a lot of parasol stars, but I really do need to play it more and try to get more towards the end. Like with bubble Bobble, I played it till I beat it. I've beat, I've beat bubble Bobble probably two or three times. Um, rainbow Island. I'm not sure I've ever beaten it, but I play it all the time. Uh, I, I I need to load up my PC engine and play this one more, but I do love it. I mean, it's a great game.
0: Um, anyways, I think at some point we need to try, there was two other sequels we haven't tried. Um, bubble symphony which is on the saturn and uh i was looking at that and it looks like it's mostly boss battles it looks yeah cool. i've never
2: played it never played it
0: and then another one i can't remember right now but anyway so i think okay. we, should, we should try some more of the bubble bubble yeah try
2: yeah. to figure them out
0: cool your last, last one. game
2: well you're your, my last one you still have one mm-hmm. and you can help me out with this one too because i
0: know you've played it i have the legend. I, I almost of, picked this one. I'm not gonna lie. I almost picked uh, it.
2: Oh, good, good, good. So we can both talk about this one. Uh, this is the legend of the mystical ninja on the Super Nintendo. Um this one is just like you were saying with uh what was it, Pocky and Rocky. Am I saying yeah. that right? Um just like you said, where you kind of would load it up and play it a little bit here and there, and then, you know, you need to really get in there. This is the same for me on the legend of the mystical ninja. Like This is one of those games, like once a year, I'll load it up and I will play probably maybe 25% to half through the game, but I've never played it further than that because this game does get difficult. Yeah. Um, Okay. Now I've never played it multiplayer and I've heard that if you do play it multiplayer, um, it gets a little bit easier. Um. This game was released on the Super nintendo in i want to say what was it uh here in north america nineteen ninety two was the first it was the first time it was released in english here in the u s was this one in the gomon um the gomon series i guess
0: I always forget no. it is a gomon game right which is obviously yep. a large Japanese franchise, yeah.
2: Correct. And 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 it was the first one with the English translation released here. There were ones, of course, that were released in Japan on the Famicom and stuff like that and Game Boy and things like that. Um, but this one was the one first one released here. Um, it was also ported to the Game Boy Advance. Um, but it is a it's it's a hard game to really categorize because it's kind of like a it's an
0: action. It's a beat em up. I mean, I would call it a beat em up. It's a beat em up, but it's got,
2: it's almost like it's got action RPG elements. Like Mm -hmm. you can level up, you can learn new moves, you can buy stuff in the stores, collecting coins. Um, You basically play as two different characters, um, depending on if you're a single, like one player or two player. Um, You play, God, I don't remember the name. Oh, Kid Ying is the guy you play if you're playing a single player game. Or Doctor Yang, who is a blue kind of ninja-looking guy.
0: He he looks like a guy half asleep with a nightcap. I thought. <laughs> okay, maybe that's it. That's, maybe I mean, it, you might be right. It's a very interesting character to to choose to play uh <laughs> to make your characters play as. I think, but
2: yeah. Um, you so when you when you start the game, you have a what is it? It almost like like a staff or a pipe.
0: If you're the nightcap guy, yeah. If you're the ninja the mystical ninja or whatever he is it's a yo-yo it's a yo-yo yeah yeah, the other
2: guy has a like you always start it with a melee weapon um and then as you go through the game there are projectile weapons but they cost you money to play to to throw those things and then um you go through the game and you, I think somebody gets, I really don't know the story too well, but that's I right. think like someone gets kidnapped, like a princess or something, and you're supposed to go try to rescue the princess. You're,
0: uh It isn't about your friend raccoon and the woodland creatures turned on you for no reason. I don't
2: think that's this one. Oh, okay. Um, so basically you're going around, and you're powering up, you're trying to like an RPG you're trying to power up to get through different levels. Uh, you run through here. There are like, uh, kind of like boss battles that you play.
0: And the boss battles are actually like 2d side, side scrolling action game. They, they get away from the beat them up a little bit.
2: That's right. Yep. Um, let's see here. So like, like I said, this is one of those games I need to play more through. Cause I think I've only gotten maybe halfway through this at the most. Um, but there are, there are some really interesting things in this game. If you, there is one area you go to where you can actually play arcade games. Have you gotten to that one? No, I
0: haven't, I haven't played that part.
2: So you go into this, the, one of the little rooms, you know, like there's like little houses you can go into. You go into, you go into rooms and you can actually play. Um, what was the game? Like, uh, uh, well, there's a breakout clone and then there's one that is uh Gradius. <laughs> OK, like you're playing a full on version of
0: Gradius, like where you, are you know, in, hi- a... in hindsight, I think I do remember that now. Now that you say yeah. that.
2: Yeah. And you spend the coins that you make in the game. You can yep. actually go in and play the video game. Uh, it's it's just a trip. But Basically, you're going around your You you meet these unique enemies that you come across. If you hit a woman, you lose one hundred dollars in coins. That's it's like these little uh, women in nice gowns or whatever. If you hit them, you lose one hundred coins everyone else is fair game. You hit them or you shoot them with whatever projectile weapon you have. Um, and you are trying to get to the end of the level and fight the boss battles, but you go through city levels, you go through, there's all, there's like areas that have fog. Um, every zone is called the warlock zone. Um, so warlock zone, one, two, three, four. um, I don't know how else to really explain this game other than it's really, really unique. It has incredible style and chibi
0: art. It is unique, but it's interesting because now that you describe it, honestly, it plays almost exactly like River City Ransom. You're right. But the artwork and the way it feels feels like a completely different game. I w- almost wouldn't call it a side scrolling 'em up but it is with RPG elements because you're buying things. Yep. But yeah, no, this is a good one, and uh, it's it's one we need to add to our uh, couch co-op list next time you come over because we always, whenever we play together, we're like, let's grab a good two-player game, and then we can't think of any of them. We
2: can't even think of one, but this one. One of the very cool features in this, which I saw on a video because I haven't played this two-player yet, when you're on certain levels and you play two-player, you can jump on your your partner's back. Okay, and one player controls the movement and jumping, and the other player controls the attacks nice so you you jump on the back and then you you navigate through certain areas like, and you have to do that to get through the level it's
0: like mario kart double dash
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so very anyway, cool i mean i probably butchered the it's a hard one to explain but it's a it's a lot of fun it does get very difficult towards the end but it's uh it's a it's, a, it's one you should play if you have a super nintendo
0: i agree I don't know if I I agree about Virtual Fighter Kids, but I agree about Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Okay. (laughs) Fighting games. I don't find them entertaining, Eric. Um, The last one on my list is a game that was released on a number of things, such as Steam, and uh, I think think you can get on the Switch now and other things, but it's a very small, little game, probably released by a very small, independent developer, maybe even a one-person team, or a very small-person team, I don't know. Um... And it came out at a time, in my opinion, uh, kind of the PS3 era, when small little indie games were just starting to become available on the virtual shops and things. You know, because now you go on on the Nintendo Switch store or whatever, and all you can find are little junky games that anybody makes, and you have to sift through the garbage. But this game, I first played on my PlayStation Vita back in the PS3 era. Um, and the game is called Ninja Senki DX. So apparently there was a free version of Ninja Senki that was released prior to this. I think it was like a, a executable on PC only. Uh, this is a DX version, and it is a super simple game. And if you look at the graphics, really I describe it more as an 8-bit style, you know, type game more than Chibi. But I also think it is absolutely Chibi, and.
2: Oh definitely. It's definitely chibi.
0: Um yeah, so and it's a game I played on my original Vita. And I I would uh Tim hooked us up with some sweet hacked Vita action last month. I saw this was on that um the app that to download. And yep. even though I already have it on my other Vita, I downloaded it on the on the new Vita and uh, started playing it again and remembered how much I love this game. Uh so it's very much, you know, low resolution, chunky eight bit graphics uh almost sub nintendo almost kind of like a, a commodore 64 with brighter colors or something uh lots of different options about different difficulty things like that uh but the game is super super simple and fun you are this super chibi little ninja made of i don't know 30 pixels and you've got a gigantic head and basically it's a head and two legs it's almost what it looks like and it is platforming and shooting these ninja stars that are literally the size of your whole body and it is you can jump you can double jump and you can shoot ninja stars and that is the complete extent of what you can do and it's all about level design and um enemies and you have five health points per per life and you have three lives and you try to get as far through the game as you can on your three lives and each life you know giving you five health points um There is a timer, but the timer is very um, lax. You have plenty of time. Yeah. And they show the amount of enemies uh, on the side of the screen all the time. So you know how many enemies you have killed and how many there are left. There is something called Koban. I can't remember. I think that's coin. Um, And then there is a time target. So this game, you can play it to try to just get through the whole game and beat the game. You can also play each level to try to collect every coin to kill every enemy to beat the game within a certain time target and each time you achieve one of these goals it kind of checks a a list for the game for you so also after you beat the game you can still go back and be like well now i want to complete every level beating every enemy cool i did that now if i want i can try to get all the coins cool now i've done that i can try to beat the time target on every level so it's really replayable and um you know, very solid, simple graphics, solid, simple sound, solid, simple gameplay. That all adds up to an amazing experience. The uh, sums are, you know, the sum of its parts or whatever it's called. What is it? The sum is greater it's than more the,
2: than the sum of its parts.
0: Yeah, there you go. I, I'm gonna destroy that <laughs> saying. Um, yeah, simple, fun, love it. And I think it's uh, even when they were charging for it, I think it was like two ninety nine. um i'm sure you can still buy it on steam for 2.99 or wait for a sale for it to go to like 49 cents or something but it is a game that you would look at and probably think, think oh that's a garbage game it's just there to grab my 49 cents and it's not worth it um it is very much worth it and uh they could probably charge more if people knew more about it but great game ninja senki
3: dx
2: Yeah. When I saw this on the list, I was all, I'm, you know, I'm new to the Vita and Tim got us those hacked Vitas and I'm I'm loving mine. So I downloaded this and I played it for maybe about 20 minutes. And the one thing I love about it is the simplicity. Like you do, I do get fatigue from playing games where it's like six different buttons, Mm -hmm. hold, hold the trigger down, move left, push the a button. Like it's, it's sometimes it just gets too much this is refreshing because like you said, it's literally jump and shoot yep. and you can, and you can double jump and that's it. That's all that. That's what you get. You don't upgrade. You don't, you don't do anything like that. You jump, you double jump and you fire. And that's all.
0: It's almost like a Mega Man game, Eric.
2: What? <laughs> it's <laughs> you're very true, much you're Mega right.
0: Man game, except for the double jump. That's not the Mega Man thing, but right. And that's probably but, why uh, I click so much with it personally, but. Uh, it's easier than a Mega Man game
2: (laughs) so anyway I I did play it and I I will be back to it I I did enjoy my time with it so
0: cool yeah and that is my sixth good game for the episode yeah we did it (laughs) we We achieved completion we chibied out (laughs) that is true and Eric that is an episode of Pixel Guy Den yeah thank you so much for joining me for this fine evening of talk always and retro goodness and listeners thank you so much uh thank you again to all our patrons uh and putting up with my super dorky songs for so long Um, (laughs) (laughs) i enjoy
2: them i I I enjoy listening to them. you're the
0: only one that gives me any feedback on those eric so it's I enjoy making them and I think they're hilarious and bizarre and funny, but they're probably pretty cringy for a lot of people at the same time. I'm not going to lie. I understand that. But <laughs> hey, if you guys want me to keep singing in the microphone, I need feedback. All right. I'm not feeling any love. And and if I shouldn't, that's Give fine too. Feedback. Give them some uh, feedback. Give some
2: feedback because I think they're hilarious. I love them. I, I, uh, i'm glad you do them because i would be horrible at them at least yours are creative (laughs) and funny mine would be very bad so
0: i never know what i'm doing until i start and i just hear a random song and i'm like "Mm, i'm gonna go with that let's go with that yeah um so next episode of pixel guide in comes out on april 30th we will be talking with tim because he's gonna join us yep i am sending tim a package i am hoping it'll get there in time before we record Uh, Because things come from England here in about three days, and by the time they get in (laughs) Tim's hand, it's like two weeks. Um, I'm not sure how that's fair, but that's how it works. And uh, we will be talking about a battle of systems between RC Pro-Am and RC Grand Prix. Of course, we will also be catching up where we just talk about everything we're up to lately, uh, video gaming-wise. And uh, typically we do a game show, so that'll probably happen as well. Hopefully we'll have a tea time uh, with Tim by then. And um, I'll see if I feel like busting out a Cody's Corner something to talk about myself. So, awesome. Uh, well, that is a Thursday, Eric. We did a show of Pixel Guide in on a Thursday.
2: Snuck it in right before your vacation. So have a good va- vacation, my friend. Be safe. I'm
0: bringing my Vita, Tim. I'm bringing my Vita. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's it. Until next time. It's, it's dangerous. dangerous to go oh, alone. No. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelgaiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore gaiden. And you can also follow Eric at dub project. That's D U H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O D D B A 1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S A N X I O N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.